You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Welcome to episode 20 of The Green Dragon, your podcast about the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit strategy battle games by Games Workshop. I used to say weekly podcast, but we keep changing this time because we try to be weekly when we can, but life has got in the way. So we apologize for that. It's been a while since our last episode. With me, I have David. Greetings. And Matt. Hello. And I'm, of course, Jeremy. Now, in this episode, we've got a small amount of topics, but some really good topics to talk about. So we start off with our month in Middle Earth, where we're going to talk about what we've been doing and a lot about a Warbands tournament that we've just recently attended. Well, Matt and I have attended. David had some reason to not go. Is that right, David? No comment. No comment. So, good tournament run by Tim and Jeremy down at KJ's. It was in, a lot of fun. Yeah. In, yeah, Western Suburbs of Melbourne. Then, we go on to, we just have a generic looking into the future segment. Because we got excited about, we've all got holidays coming up. And, and we can finally get back into to doing some serious Lord of the Rings. Once we get Christmas out, out of the way, back to Lord of the Rings, back to The Hobbit. So, we look forward to that and, and have some fun there. Then, we go all the way back to the heady days of Legions of Middle-Earth. Cannot be done. It's too far. The legions of Middle Earth. What days these were? These were the days of like the rage against the machine was so big. They this release just angered people. So we're going to look back at it with now that we've got over it. It's been what almost ten years since it came out. I like to think of them as the angsty years. Yeah, people really got gritty there. Didn't well, they, it was really while. cool to was be. Was it 06 or yeah, around about then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just remember in those the noughties, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, they're the noughties. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous name. Yeah, in those days, like being angry at Games Workshop was really cool. And I know that some people still do that today and they just look really like idiots. It's like, I think it's just a maturity thing and, and the way we've gone at it. Like, you've got to be upset at every single decision they make and just like, they're, why are my friends picking on me? They're not your friends, they're a business and they, they make business decisions and they don't always make the right business decisions, but they're a business. That's their job. How's the quote go? We're businessmen. We're business like. We do business. Yeah, <laughs> they do a lot of business. So that's. That, we look back at that, and that's for those who are scouring eBay looking for Legions of Middle Earth, which I'm sure goes for lots of money now. Rolls eyes. Um, you can <laughs> you can have a look at that. Decide if you really want to spend your money on it. Probably go for cents at the moment. And yeah, then so. Australian we have cents or Australian cents. Oh my oh, god, they're nice. they're worth nothing at the moment. Yeah, yeah anything else in the world is worth more. <laughs> then we have an Entmoot. And because we hadn't done an Entmoot for a while, we had lots of Entmoot questions and, and some fantastic Entmoot questions. So thank you for everyone who joined the Entmoot. Some of the better Entmoot questions. Fantastic Entmoot questions. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully they're good. So listen on. On to Month in Middle-Earth. David, what have you been doing lately since our last recording of this episode? In the last month, I've mainly been painting up some cowboys for use in other game systems. But I did do some Lord of the Rings. Oh, good. So I was about to kick you off. I'll talk about that. Good. Um, a while ago, I converted a Spectre out of a Numenorean so he can hang around with my black Numenoreans and be, you know, a guy from back in the old days. And I decided I wanted more than one Spectre. So I had a spectre with a sword in his right hand, so I tried to convert one with his sword in his left hand. Problem is, I got halfway through and he had two swords, and I decided he looked so much better with two swords than with one. So I left him with two swords. So you have a two-sworded spectre. Which meant I still needed one with the sword in his left hand. So I'm now going to end up with three spectres. 
Never mind. Oh, you poor thing. Poor thing. No, that's good. So you've got it painted? Um, I've got them converted. They're converted? undercoated, and I've started painting them. Oh, good. So they're coming. So you haven't really done any work at all? I painted some cowboys, as I believe I mentioned. Yeah, enough of that. We don't want to talk about <laughs> that that other game. Not quite in Middle Earth there, David. No. Uh, there might have been some cowboys, but they wouldn't be called cowboys. It would be something else. Mm-hmm. Ranchers. Yeah, maybe. perhaps. They can be the Wayne Riders. Rohan. Problem the solved. The Wayne Riders, yes. yes. Okay. Wayne Riders were actually cowboys. Absolutely. Yep. There we are. You heard it here first. Matt. Well, I've had an absolutely hectic month and also have done absolutely nothing. So I'm with you there, David. I wanted to get a lot of hobby done while I was actually away on holidays. So I took all my things up with me. And I was there with my cousin in Brisbane. So uh, for any of you who know, we're from Melbourne down here, but I went up to Brisbane for a three-week holiday and took all my paints, took some Haradrim, took some Gondor. I was all set. I was going to get all this painting done. And my auntie's dog, which I was up there looking after because she was away in New York, was very, very sick. It, uh, Yeah, I don't want to go into too many details, but think out both ends. It, it was it was just shocking. Okay, so that's, so, that's probably enough details. Yes. So um, I, I went up there with all these plans to do this stuff and ended up uh, taking palliative care of this dog. And then on the way home, when I'd finally got a chance to get away from the stench, uh, the airline lost my bag on the way back to Melbourne. So it took them five days to find it. And they were five of the most terrifying days of my life. Think facing all nine ring rates and Sauron at once. Everything, practically all of my personal effects were in this bag. All of my paints, quite a few of my models, practically everything that I needed to continue to survive on this earth. And it was all gone in my mind. I thought I would have to make a claim of some sort. I thought, that's it, it's out the window. But no, they, they did eventually find it. And in fact, after contacting me, I, I had the bag back within two hours, which was quite interesting. I would have thought they'd contact me a little bit earlier than that, but they, you know, (laughs) put me out of my misery. Yeah. But there we are. They wanted to make sure. See if there's anything valuable in there. They probably did. Yeah. They didn't want to lose it again on the way to sending it back to me. So I got everything back, but I'd actually missed out on uh, painting some stuff up before the tournament, which I think we're going to talk about. Yeah, true. What airline? Uh, It was Qantas, would you believe? Qantas. I know. Qantas. Ah, unbelievable. The vein of our existence. Did you find out where they'd sent it, or is it just a mystery location? We'll never know. I, it probably fell through some kind of temporal anomaly, I'm assuming, and so just not ended e- up five Not days even in the they know. No, just they had, well, they certainly didn't tell me, that's for sure. <laughs> the so, only thing good about Qantas is when you're traveling overseas and you come back, they have the most stereotypical Australian accents ever, which they must, they must put on. So as soon as you go, they go, G'day, mate. We got you on the plane now. We'll be driving you home very soon. Just count down the time. Yeah, yeah, they do put it on a bit. Oh, welcome back to so Melbourne much. and uh, welcome home. And if you're here for leisure, we hope you enjoy your stay. Yeah, they get there and then they'll go back to their normal accent, which is, of course, what we always sound like. Ridiculous. But no, that sounds like quite the adventure, Matt. It was. It was. I'm, I'm glad that I got through it unscathed in the end with all of my things in order. But uh, Yeah, it, it sounds really dangerous. You could have lost a couple of clothes and some paints. I all of my clothes, but yes. All was... of your clothes, so a couple of clothes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was rough. It, it was rough. So I did a little small amount of painting as well. I've been, like everyone else, super busy. Everyone's busy this time of year. Everyone's busy. We know that that's time of year. And for Australia, we're even more busy than anyone else in the world because we've got our approach to summer. So like all our years finishing off, you've got to get everything done. You've got all your deadlines, all this sort of stuff. You've got Christmas coming up, 
you've got other podcasts to do, perhaps like Red Joker podcasts from other game systems, and you're just super busy. So I've been painting, continuing painting my Rivendell Knights, which I started a long time ago. I'm up to nine, nine of the Rivendell Knights, and they're looking fantastic, amazing. Some of the best Rivendell Knights I've ever painted. The best I've ever seen, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's been some really good photos of on the internet of some other ones which are good as well, but I'm, I'm proud of these ones. So uh, then I ran them at the Warbands tournament that Matt and I went to. David, you didn't go to for some reason. Uh, no, I was busy that weekend. Oh, busy. Oh, he's always busy. busy. Of course he was. But this is a 250-point tournament run by a couple of people who've been on the podcast before, maybe once, uh, Tim and Jeremy. Yes, I think they've definitely been on it before. Yeah, different Jeremy, but not me. But they, they run a solid tournament. We go into this little venue called KJ's, and it's it's a very small gaming store, which makes sense because it's probably the only gaming store I know that's actually designed so it could possibly make a profit. Now, of course it doesn't because it's a gaming store, but it could possibly make it. So we've got this very like squishy space. We've got a whole bunch of four foot by four foot tables to play 250 points, which are probably a bit big. We probably didn't need to go that big. Maybe four foot by three foot. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'll talk about that a bit later, but I, I wish they had been a bit smaller. Yeah, but we were, we're all crowded up there. They opened up the third story, which was good, so we managed to fit people in. We had, what, about 14 people? 16? There was eight tables, so up to 16 at some point. Uh, there were people coming and going, though. A few there people were people coming and going. Yeah, some, some more going, others more coming, but yep. yeah, a bit, bit of all over the place. And we played five games in one day. We did, which was great. You know, It was super quick. We went to a tournament. David and I went to a, a tournament the day before. It was not more of an event. And it was a different game system, Malifo, and like the, the, it was a great event. It was great fun. We had three hours to play a game with like six models aside, but the game went slow. The day went slow. So we ended up going overtime by like two hours, and it was a massive event. So I was really impressed with Tim and Jeremy, their time management. This one, we got five games in, and it just went super efficient. It was really well done. The, the boards looked nice. There was a good mix of tables there, nice, nice dense terrain on there, but 250 points is very swingy. There's one thing that I love about this tournament more than any others in Melbourne at the moment is that you have to take good and evil. So straight away for the first four games, you're guaranteed a good versus evil game, which I think is wonderful. Yeah, it really changes the way that you, you think about how you're going to make your armies because you sort of rule out quite a lot of things that you could be facing. And of course, you get that great theme as well. You see Rohan versus uh, Isengard. You see Gondor versus Mordor. It's great to see those two sorts of armies fighting against each other across the table. And for me, you see very little dwarf on dwarf or anything like that because I can't stand that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you don't see the Rohan versus Gondor or all that sort of stuff. You, you get themed forces. It looks like Lord of the Rings. It looks like The Hobbit. So it's good fun. And the games are nice and quick. They are very swingy at this point level. So it's not like you can take the games too seriously. In general, the people with more skill tend to win more games, but there's a lot more skill sort of... A lot more dice stuff happening, I guess, that, that throws you off because you, you've got such a small amount of models. A, a poor matchup can end the game very, very quickly. Like, you don't need much bad luck in the way of dice rolls if you have a poor matchup for it just to be over. For at 250 points, you don't really have a lot of fallback in your army list. So from last year, if what you're counting on fails, you're finished. Yeah, there's no so backup plan. I had a troll. When that troll died, my army was finished. And it often comes down to like one move. So you're going, right, this is my turn for the heroic combat. You do it. You botch your heroic combat. There's no other heroic combat. That was it. You that just was missed. your one point of might. That was it. Shake hands. Good luck. Watch all your elves get eaten up by a spider. So, Matt, let's go through some games. So we'll start with your game one, and then we'll go to my game one, then your game two, and so on. Until Very we good. get to game Very five. Okay. I wasn't there, so explain it so to So, David, me. you host. Matt, game one. <laughs> Tell us. My game one. My game one was the worst possible start you could imagine. I think we start, what was the scenario? I think it was to the death, the very first game. Your army? 
My army was, this was my good army in the first round, and it was dwarves. I had uh, Gimli, I had six Iron Guard, I had a warrior with a banner and a shield, and I had four dwarf warriors with bows. So, th yeah, that was the army, and I was up against an absolutely filthy list that uh, the master, Mr. Dado, had brought along. Mr. Well, Thomas former, master. former master. The former master. Not the current master. I think, yeah, he, he'd argue with that. Uh, he had, I think it was Vrasku, five crossbows, and that, that was pretty much all that needed to beat me, really. But he also had a full warband of uh, mixed orcs and rakai with an orc captain, and a handful of wag riders in there as well. He, it just... It was an army that had a bit of everything. It had five might points to my three. It had seven crossbow shots firing at me across the board. And it, it ended very quickly. My my force was broken before combat was reached, I believe. What was he the scenario? The scenario was to the death. To the Which, death. For yeah. those who are like me, I think it's the banner one, isn't it? It is the banner one. So yeah, you get points for banners, you get points yep. for killing leaders, you get points for breaking. Yeah. So I tried to close down the distance between uh, myself and the crossbows as quickly as possible. With your dwarves? With my dwarves, which obviously is, is not a good strategy to begin with because they're not the, the fastest bunch. But uh, unfortunately, his crossbows were on point. They took down my dwarves like they were just paper thin. And uh, I was broken very quickly. My banner disappeared. A wound was even taken off Gimli, of course. And uh, Vraska used a couple of might points, yeah, to ensure that banner didn't make it to combat. So we talked about it after the game. Uh, the, the game was done in about 20 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't a slow one. It was very quick. Possibly I could have simply run away, hide behind a building. I had the banner and he didn't. So I could have potentially got a 2-0 with uh, little effort. But I, I didn't want to play that sort of game. I wanted to at least take it up to him and you know, try and have a bit of fun. I don't want to spend an hour just running away from crossbows. So that's how my game one went. So one solid infantry charge straight down the middle. Try and break Solid on. is not the word I would have used, but yes. <laughs> Thomas had really good storylines to his armies, which he read out at some point in the tournament. So that was, that was entertaining, but he basically took a mixture of stuff that was all over the place and then made some funny stories about how it got together. That's the best kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it was, you would have liked it, David. It was great yeah. when he read it out. Everyone had a good laugh. Mm. So in my game one, I played against Henry, and unlike Matt, I had no problem spending the whole game running away. So I had Rivendell Knights against Goblin Town. So a horde of Goblin Town with, uh, who is it, Grinner, the one with three might and the whip, and then the, the Goblin King. And basically, I played the, the cavalry tactic that we basically, you run backwards, you shoot, you shoot, you split your force up and go in two directions and force Henry to commit in one direction. Uh, but he he he, went, he covered both bases. He played it reasonably well, but he was up against in this scenario. So I was able to avoid, avoid, avoid. And then there was my big heroic combat where I went in with my elf captain and a couple of his friends in order to slingshot them away from the, the Goblin King when he finally caught up. And then that, that was success. If I failed that and then missed on the uh, the roll-off for, for heroic moves, I probably would have lost the game. So... It was one of those ones where, yeah, it was a real long shot for Henry, but he played it reasonably well. Then he kept his Goblin King safe at the end really well. Um, he failed at Courage Test, but used his might and will to survive it, passed another one, and then I was shooting just everything at the Goblin King, and he was making sure that Goblins failed Courage Test quickly to end the game. So basically I had one turn left to shoot down the Goblin King with about four arrows, which doesn't work ever. So the Elven Captain was your leader there? Yeah, Elven Captain was my leader. I had the Elf Captain. I had, I think, six Rivendell Knights. Two of them had shield. And then I had a Ranger of the North on horse with spear and bow. Oh, he's got spear. Got a bow. So that was that was my force. It was it was a tough matchup. Henry's got me a lot in tournaments, though. So I was I enjoyed this one. 
but we both knew the results almost as soon as we started on this, this scenario. If, if I had to run to the middle, it would have been harder for me, but I had the scenario my way. Okay. Round two. Okay. Scenario draw. Yes. Round two. Uh, I think the scenario was domination. So that's always a fun one. And it started out quite well for me. I was using my evil army, which was Goblin Town, identical to the army that Jeremy just described. Uh, so with Grinner and the Goblin King. And I was facing the Gumby army, in fact. So this is, this is going to be embarrassing. So um, the Gumby in this round was uh, Isildur was the leader with a full war band of uh, Numenorians. I can't remember the exact war gear, but some of them had bows and spears. Some of them just had shields. And one ranger of the north on a horse as well. So we started out, uh, I'd basically deployed right in the center. And the objectives were all laid out pretty much in the four corners of the board. And it started out, we were pretty much in range of charge from the first turn. And I decided, I won priority on the first turn. I decided just to move up a little bit, not give Isildur and the Ranger of the North too much to work with, and make sure that the Goblin King couldn't be sniped somehow on the first turn. So I made sure he was a little bit at the back. I knew I could charge him through my goblins if I needed to. So he actually did charge in on the first turn and ended up botching the heroic combat with Isildur using all of his might just to win it, and only killing two goblins for the turn with a Sildor. So I thought, massive win. Ooh. Unfortunately, the rest of the combats in that turn didn't go my way too well either. The Ranger of the North also called a heroic combat and got it off, killed two models as well. Mm -hmm. So I had the same output as a Sildor. But suddenly the Gumby, which was run by Jeremy, by the way, one of the hosts, yep. one of the TOs, I should say, he had, was out of might completely, and I still had all six of mine. Uh, so not I a thought, good place to be. I thought, advantage, Matt. Here we go. Uh, I still outnumbered him. It was, I think, 13 models to about 18. So this is when you started screaming, because we could just hear, hear from your game. Like, it was all tens, all quiet. And then just these shouts of a, a, a goblin-esque sort of squeal yeah, yeah. of that, joys. Uh, emanating joys. up from below, in fact, because yeah. I was playing on the bottom level. We were the only table down the bottom. Aha, uh -huh, that explains it. There were down drums, in the There deeps. were drums in the deep. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, the very next turn was one of the worst turns of my gaming career. I know it's a 250-point game, but jeez louise. I surrounded a single uh, ranger. Excuses. I think, yeah, he must have had a few. No, no, it must have been a uh, a warrior of Numenor with a shield and a bow, or a spear and a bow, I should say. Surrounded it, trapped it with eight goblin attacks, I think, including Grinner. Called the heroic combat, and of course, he rolled the flat six. So he out outfought me there. And I thought, uh, that, look, this can still be okay. I'd also called a heroic combat with a Goblin King. Uh, Isildur was on the ground at this point. I'd mm -hmm. hurled something at him the previous turn. So he was off his horse. He was on the ground. I was fighting two guys also on the ground. Called a heroic combat against the two of them. They shielded and beat me back in the combat. No good. No good. No heroic combats for me this turn. On the left flank, the Ranger of the North had broken off with a uh, four or three or four other... Numenor warriors and had just demolished six goblins. The, those five models just demolished them. And even though I was massively outnumbering Isildur and the rest in the center, they were just losing these combats. I mean, eight against one and they couldn't win a combat. It, it was never a go. The next turn, the Goblin King did get in on Isildur, did kill him, uh, just wiped him off the board. But by then it was too late. I was broken and slowly my goblins fled. And eventually, I think it was a 9-6 win to the Gumby against me. So that's a minor loss, and it that really cut. Two that's, losses in a row, Matt. At that point, I thought, oh, no, this 
this is not going to be a good day. You may be kicked off the Green Dragon. These yeah, sort of results. no, and I'd probably deserve it after that. Uh, yeah. You don't Ridiculous. often lose to the Gumby, and when you do, it's it's time to hang your head in shame and hang go get some lunch, probably. Get so some lunch. Did you quietly. become the Gumby army at that point, and the Gumby moves up? or No, no, the Gumby no, he stayed get a the promotion. Gumby. No, <laughs> I would never be allowed, no. But, um, look, that wasn't a great moment for me, and... Uh, well, well, we'll get to possibly my redemption later on. But, Jeremy, let's get on to oh, your second game. Foreshadowing there. My second game was against Dion. Now, this is in Domination. I had I had an Orc Horde, which I don't think is as powerful as my Rivendell Knights, but it's it's consistent. So it was uh, Grishnak. So he's stuck there with three Might. It was an Orc Captain with two Might. And then one Stalker, a, an Orc Banner, and then, a, what was it, 20 or so assorted Orcs. So ended up with 24 models altogether. In this one, I was against nine Elves. The Twins... Aladan and Elro here, both on horse of heavy armor, and then two, no, three elf bows, and then four elves with spear and shield, run by Dion. Now, Dion's a relatively new player, but a solo player. He's come from other games. He knows how to play. I set up, and I basically put most of my horde against those four elves with shield, while some of the other guys were essentially dying slowly to the other two elf heroes. The elf heroes were ripping me up really well. They killed Grishnak, my leader, early on. Um, I tried to stop that. I set it up so potential for fail, but Dion managed to get through there. But I couldn't kill an elf at all. I think I was one model off breaking before before I even killed a single elf. Because I kept I kept trapping these elves with shields. They kept shielding. They kept either rolling a six or rolling a, a pip higher than me or or equal to me. And the fight value of these elves just was ridiculous. And I couldn't believe how bad that was going. So I was a bit demoralized thinking, oh, this isn't my game at all. I've got a bit of Matt syndrome at the moment. It's just not going very well for me at all. But then it turned around. I got a kill. And I got another kill. And then finally got another couple. And I started to get these fluky kills here and there. I was broken, but then I managed to break the elves. And breaking the elves meant that there was only like three of them left. At this point, it was tough. I had to pass courage test. So I was passing courage test like a champion here. It was brilliant. Amazing courage test passing. You have never seen anything like this. I was rolling co- courage two across the board. Who cares? I'm going to pass it anyway. And then Dion did the exact opposite. Took one of his elf heroes, rolled the double one first time. That's okay. He's got enough will to, to pass it. So he used up all his will. He had no stats left. And then the next turn, which turned out to be the final turn, picked up the dice. Courage is six. What's the chance of an elf failing? Don't answer that. He goes, rolls a three. Oh, no. Oh no, Aladan or Elro here, the non-leader one, just disappears off the face of the earth, runs, goes, oh no, I can't dominate anymore, I'm gone, and disappeared. So there's two elves left, meaning that I, I won basically on having more objectives than the elves, and I got a minor win, but it was it was an impressive turnaround because everything was going against me at the start, which just goes to show you that if you are me, you should just hang in there, not get too discouraged and keep playing the game. If you are you, maybe it works for you as well, maybe it doesn't, we'll see. A minor win against the Alvin Twins at 250. That's, that's something. Oh, you take that every time because they are brutal at that points level. Oh, yeah. Like six points of might on horse, three attacks, fight. Like they've got everything and they just they just rip apart the Orcs easily. So, back to you, Matt. Round three. I'm going to take my round three while Matt's thinking. And he was so demoralized that you can understand he's not going to remember the rest of the tournament. My head had just blown up at that point. I was done. He was done. So I went and played, went back downstairs, played Jack, who I haven't played before. Well, no, I might have played him before. He said he remembered me from War of the Ring days, which was years and years and years ago. So I can't even remember War of the Ring days. Yeah, so this was the scenario where you deploy randomly and run to the middle. 
and you've got to you've got to be in the middle, get more, more more blokes in the middle than your opponent, and it's you, you throw the dice. So he had a dwarf force similar to Matt's. It was scary. It was a dwarf captain with throwing weapons. It was I think it was about eight or so iron guard. No, probably about seven Iron Guard, a banner, and then four with bow or something like that. Some sort of composition like that. One Warband, super tough. Uh, it's been six across the board, which was nasty for my, once again, my evil force of all strength three guys with a Stalker, a Captain, and Grishnak who had strength four. And I got some, the choice of deployment second. So Jack deployed. I put my Warband without my leader next to him just to be an annoyance. And I used a couple points to kill a couple guys as I as I went in, and then went really conservative because I didn't want to lose them all to the throwing weapons. So I kept back, making sure he didn't have shots. Meanwhile, Grishnak and the others ran to the objective. Now Jack didn't get distracted by my ploy. He didn't go fight the orcs. He killed a couple and then went back, marched to the objective. So that was a bit of a worry. And then I came in, and Grishnak killed a few, but kept failing his his tests as well. And it was looking a bit iffy. There was lots of orcs dying, a couple dwarves dying here and there. And I was, I was basically in trouble because the dwarves were sitting on an objective, which is always a bad place to try and move them off. But the orcs prevailed again. Two generic orcs decided that they would just get super lucky and kill a dwarf captain on full stats. So Defense 8 dwarf captain thought, nah, no problems. We'll just kill this guy. No problems. They just killed him. Trapped? Picks? Piercing? Uh, I believe Whoa. he was trapped, but he was. I think he did a heroic combat or something. Like he... Like okay, it, so the odds were in the dwarf's favour. Yeah, the odds were definitely in the dwarf's favour. He had a banner as well, but I managed to, to get the lucky win, get the lucky kill. I probably pierced to the front rank, I believe. And then I was able to, to chomp down. I believe, uh, no, one turn, the first turn you rolled a fail, I would have got a major victory because I had Grishnak left. I had had the dwarf captain gone, dwarves are broken, but the game went on. And then the next turn, Grishnak just ran away again. So he, he just disappeared. And it meant that I got a very minor victory. So I can't remember how much it was, but I ended up with like two blokes more on the objectives. We both got the leader kill. Both so got the break. Both got the break, yeah. It was it was brutal and very, very close. And, and a fun game. Jack was a great opponent and he knew his stuff. He, he really knew what to do. Okay, it's come back to me. It's all flooding back now. I remember my first victory of the day. I was running my Goblin Town. It was, of course, in uh, hold ground. And I... Had uh, I'd lost priority the first turn, I believe. So that's always where you want to be on the first turn. You love that, don't you? You, yeah, you cheer do, on that yeah. one. It's almost game over. Definitely. So um, I actually had some really good rolls, and all of my army came on right in the center of one of the board edges and just went straight on the objective. The so rolls were really tasty at the venue, weren't they? They sure, they sure were. I actually didn't have one of those rolls. But oh, I'm sorry. Did, I'm did they have you. the steak this year? Because I remember I from think last they did, year yeah. they had the did steak. They? they did. They did. We ordered lunch, and this is... I was eating lunch in the middle of this game because we ordered lunch and by the time lunch was over and round three was started, we got our lunch, Jack and I got our lunch halfway through. So we're madly eating and eating gaming. and trying yeah. game at the same time. It was all very messy. So I think I was still eating in game four. It was ridiculous. I did the smart thing and plowed on and jewelled on without any food and it paid off in the end. So <laughs> look at this guy. Look at the confidence. Two losses and he's already talking himself up. So on came the goblins onto the board. The goblin king led the way. He said, get out of my way. The, he didn't even try and wait for his followers. He just went straight on the objective. I was facing, I'm pretty sure my opponent was Jacob. I'm sorry if I've got that wrong. Uh, I remember the army though. The army was an eagle and five elf, elf warriors, wood elf warriors. Never mind the wood elves. The army was the eagle. The army was the eagle. I he love also it how Matt doesn't captain, even though. remember his opponents. No, He's I'm, just like, I'm I just remember their army. I'm pretty sure it was Jacob. Nameless player on your way to victory. I'm really, team. really sorry if I've got that wrong, Jacob. He was a very nice bloke. He he actually had a pretty good idea of what he was doing, too. He, his shooting was very nice, and he, he lined it up quite well. He, he didn't come rushing in. 
So it was smart how he played. His eagle was harassing my flanks. Now, his rolls weren't as good as mine, so his elves were in one corner, way up the back, and his eagle was just to my, the right of my army. So I thought, oh, this, this could turn out badly if this eagle gets a decent hurl off. My army is not designed to take hurls. So I fainted with half of my army around a building towards the eagle, and the rest of my army, so about two-thirds of my army, went the other way and was behind the building. And then as soon as the eagle got within charge range, all of my goblins went around the side that the two-thirds had initially gone down. So they were practically moving sideways, but it was just keeping a building between my army and the eagle to make sure that hurl wasn't going to get off. The eagle ended up coming around towards the back of me, so uh, my army was between the objective and the eagle in the middle. And then the eagle eventually did charge one, got the hurl off, and only killed a couple of models. It was a poor roll, unfortunately, for the hurl distance. So the rest of my army is just moving forward. The Goblin King's taking some bows to the face and not and just shrugging it off. The blubbery, the blubbery saves. Not even worried about it. Uh, and I left a few goblins at the back, and they ended up charging the eagle for the next few turns, making sure that eagle couldn't move around and get into a better hurl position. Then, eventually, the rest of my army's gone after these wood elves. They've said, I'm gonna, we actually have to kill some things to win this game. The Goblin King just charged forward. I think he called a march at one point just to make sure we got up right up in the face of the elves. And eventually we got there, and the elves went berserk. They were killing these goblins and just taking no wounds. I couldn't touch them. Were they the Mirkwood Rangers? Or? No, they were just regular wood elves. Ooh. One wood elf captain, I think it was five wood elves with various equipment. So they were just they just went nuts. They were just winning all these combats one against two pretty much everywhere. The the captain was defeating the Goblin King one on one in combat and eventually the Goblin King said no. No, enough of this. Called a heroic combat. He says that a lot, doesn't he? He does. And then the Wood Elf captain also called a heroic combat in that same turn. Ooh, double heroic combat. I so I think the Goblin King was fighting two Wood Elves at this point, and the Wood Elf captain was fighting one goblin. And the Wood Elf Captain wins the roll-off and kills the Goblin and charges the Goblin King. Oh, no. And it did not look good for the Goblin King at this point. Was he trapped? He was trapped, I believe, yes. Oh, no. Poor Goblin King. So he was in big trouble. And this is Matt playing, so he's almost certainly going to die. Almost certainly. But then he stood up and he bellowed out. What did he bellow, Matt? Oh, elves! Not elves in my domain! And he picked up the Mirkwood captain, and he threw him through his own followers, slaying three of them and the captain himself, (laughs) almost breaking the army in a single hurl. Which army? Yeah, well, which army? Both. (laughs) Almost both, yes. Almost knocked out a goblin as well, which would have broken me. But uh, luckily for me, the eagle, Guahia, also lost a combat that turn as well. So that definitely would have broken me if Guahia had won that. So it was Guahir. It was Guahir, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Guahir I, had, I think I said Eagle earlier. It was Guahir, absolutely. So I think after that, there were a few turns of people just take everyone taking courage tests. Uh, my goblins were amazing. Grinner just stuck around. He didn't even worry about it. And I had about eight guys on the objective. I'd killed the leader. And eventually, uh, we both broke. And yep. the game ended after a couple more Ooh. turns. So I had a major win there. I think it was around 11 to 1. We were both nice. broken. I had the leader killing a few yeah. models around the objective. There's one, one, kill, one step up more than that. There was a crushing win when you kept your opponent to zero and scored five or more points. That's so right. That's what I got in the first round. And then I got the loss. No, I, didn't, I got the minor win. So right. well done, Matt. So at that point, I was on 
a major loss. Yep. No, sorry, a crushing loss crushing in the loss. first round, a minor loss, and a major win. So you're moving your way up. Four bonus points. So nice. Yeah. Nice work. The, uh, the bonus points were for leader kill and breaking your opponent. Just one bonus point each. Yeah, so I never pay attention to this. Yeah, they system. they weren't too important in this one anyway. So yeah. Okay. Round three done. Who's first for round four? I'll go first. I'm excited about this one. So I was up against Tienan, who's a solid player, a, a member of the Green Dragon, although he rarely turns up to recording sessions. He was running his patented Shelob and a bunch of generic orc stuff in order to to get an advantage at two fifty points. He was he was going serious. He was all about winning this this event. So this is the one where you have to get into the middle. I think it's called high ground or hold ground or it's got you got a hill in the middle. Is it deploy on the middle? Or? No. High ground, yes. High ground. Oh, sorry. No, you haven't done your hold ground. No, I did. You I did. did. It went high ground was round high four. Ground. Yep. Yeah, this, so there's, there's supposed to be a hill. The middle, so. No, it's supposed to be a hill, and if you... I think we totally forgot about this, but if you draw priority, you don't get to shoot. That's right. Yep. yep. So I basically set up away from it. Tina set it up on the objective. I had to bait Shelob away, which I did. And I had to spread my elves out, which I did. So I ran around. I had perfect shots. Shot for about half the game. Managed to kill, like, two orcs or something ridiculous. Like, a low amount. He had, like, 14 models. So really underperformed in the shooting. But then I had Shelob two turns away from the objective, and I had basically three quarters of my elf force ready to charge in. I thought, this is the time. This is the time to do it. I'm going to run in and do that. So I charged everyone in across the objective, which uh, Tina didn't realize you could go right through. And then I botched pretty much every combat. Botched the heroic combat. Maybe I think I won one combat in two turns. And proceeded to lose all my elves. It was, it was terrible. I was getting beaten down by everyone. So uh, pretty much, I think I killed maybe three orcs for the whole game, and then lost all my elves. And Tina just diced me off the table so well. I thought I had a really good plan. Like I did everything, everything right, but I just couldn't get the wounds, couldn't get the kills, and and shooting wasn't working. And then I had a very much a timer because once she loved caught up to the the ranger of north that was dragging her dragging her around. I had to go into the kill. Totally failed it. And, and yeah, absolutely botched it. I think Tienan got the, the crushing win on that one. I don't think I got a single point. The elves were mourning in Rivendell that night. Disgraceful. It was sad. Yeah. So at that point, you just go, oh, yeah, crushing loss the last round. There goes my tournament. Takes the pressure off. It's good. At 250 points, you don't roll enough dice for averages to catch up. It's just... Yeah, well, you have a, a two bad turns in a row, and you can't come back and from that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so my round four was against, I think it was Patrick. I'm going to say Patrick, Patrick Campbell. Matt really doesn't care. I do care. I really do. I'm sorry. I was... They are the enemy. We do not fraternize with the enemy here. <laughs> I was a little bit out of it at this point, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Patrick. And he had a Hunter Orc army, so he had uh, a few Hunter Orcs on foot, a few Oh, I like wire. this army. Fimble was the leader. I love Fimble. Fimble's probably my favorite Hunter Orc character, surprisingly. I mean, Bog's in there, but I do like Fimble a lot. And I think three Felwags just uh, running around. Solid list. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty nasty. Unfortunately, the setup on the high ground wasn't too great on Patrick's part. He put, I think, five or six Hunter Orcs on top of the Eamon Hen objective, which I think is yours, Jeremy. Is that uh, right? No, I don't think I That's brought not So the narrow staircase where only yeah. one model can get up or down at a That's time? That's right. Yeah, that one. I don't think I brought it that time. Oh, perhaps there's a Tim's. similar one, yeah. Yeah, perhaps Tim owns yeah, that I think one. Tim has one as well. It's okay, a fairly cool. standard design. It is, yeah. It's the one from the book. Oh, that's sad, Patrick. Yeah, so he, he's put them all up the top, lined up the top, thinking, I'm on I'm on the high ground here. That's always uh, a good place to start. So you're not doing any combat. Unfortunately, just across from him, I had a three or four Iron Guard who were able to throw weapons at him the whole game. And Gimli standing on one end, 
who could just continuously run into a single hunter orc and take him out yep. all game. Yeah, hunter orcs have got to be in combat, shooting or avoiding combat yep. with them. You've got it. You've got to kill your opponent. You've got no choice because if you break, you're stuffed. Yeah. So he had actually won the roll off there to deploy, and I think perhaps if he'd lost that roll off. He would have thought about it a little bit more and seen where I'd gone because I probably would have gone there anyway. That would have been a good spot for me. But yeah, it wasn't a great setup for him, unfortunately. On the ground, however, I thought maybe he could have done a bit better, like even after the deployment. He, uh, he did, of course, have the Felwags, and they're a lovely model for this kind of objective because they can just charge straight around those corners yes. and yes. get into the dwarves from behind. And my dwarves were never all going to fit into the structure. It wasn't quite big enough. So he could definitely have got a bit of an advantage there. And I think he didn't quite abuse that enough. My models ended up just sort of swinging back and forth, just waiting for, and he only threw one or two models in at a time. And they were able to take them out. I did get into a little bit of trouble when he eventually threw everything in. And, and they all came in at once and my Iron Guard started dying. But in the end, I'd wiped out all those models on the top. I was able to back into the objective and the Felwags couldn't get in there and slowly wipe them out from there. And that's so, when it turns into the siege. That's and right. And you're yeah. the one with the shooting and weapons. And I'm the dwarves in a, in a structure. So, yeah, yeah I think I'm going to do all right from there. So, I think in the end, he did definitely get a point. I think he may have broken me towards the end of the game. But uh, it was a major victory my way. I'm, I, I definitely had plenty of models on the objective. I'm not sure if I killed Fimble. I can't quite recall that. He may have survived the game. Actually, no, I think Gimli went in and I think he did chop him down. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I don't think you would leave Fimble alive. Yeah, that's right. It is tricky from a Hunter Rock perspective, though, because if he lets you deploy your Iron Guard in that building, there's no way the Hunter Rocks are getting you out. So you've that's got right. the throwing yeah. weapons, you can put Gimli in the doorway. Yeah. So he's almost forced to deploy in that building just to stop you from deploying The there. problem was, though, that he deployed on top. He didn't just deploy oh, down yeah, the bottom. Yeah, I think yeah. you can you But can if, set he, it up. If, he, if he deploys down the bottom, can't you then deploy up the top? Oh, well, yes, you can but do then I can only send one down at a time. But you hold the objective, and your right. one will be Gimli. He did have more models than me as well. You can, okay, you can just put a handful then. up the top to make sure no one can deploy there, and then mm. put the rest down the bottom, and then walk down the stairs afterwards. And it might have also been a good idea just to simply dismount. He had a uh, he had a horn as well. Yep. So dismounting might have been a really good idea. The Felwags could have held the objective towards the end, and the Hunter Orcs try and uh, dismounting for Hunter Orcs is actually so really mounted Felwags. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. There were maybe four. Mounted Felwags as well as Fimble. And then the three that were just on put, regular yep. Felwags. Yep. Could have done it better, but well done, Matt. Yep. For that. That it was, was still forward. an enjoyable game. Yeah. It, it, sort of, it went the full turn, so it was good fun. Good. So last round, are we up to? Yeah, last round. Do you want me to do mine first? Yes, I do. Okay. I'll get on to mine. We, this was Lords of Battle, the final round. And this had, uh, as bad as my one turn against the Gumby was earlier in the tournament... This turn that I'm about to describe was the greatest I've ever seen. It was absolutely unbelievable. Which force so did you use? It's straight I up was using my dwarves because it was Lords of Battle and taking Goblin Town would have been ridiculous. Against against what? And I was playing against Wozers yep. with Bullroarer Tuff mm -hmm. and an Eagle. An Eagle, okay. So an not an Eagle, just an Eagle. Yep. It might have been Guahir as well. Yes, it was Guahir. Guahir again. Yes. So the Wozers deployed back and I deployed up. Yep. So immediately, I was just about to charge straight towards him. There was not a lot of cover on this board. It was a very open board. So I knew I was going to take at least one, possibly two full rounds of uh, Woz's blowpipes. Yeah, but, but you're dwarves, so that's not the end of the world. It's, it's, it's a couple true, kills. but, but they are Woz's. I was nearly all defense yeah. six as well. Yeah, I still... There was not a lot of defense seven. I still don't think you were that worried about that, especially if you... Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
we'll see. No, I don't think you're that worried about that. We'll see. Let's see what happens. Okay. So I march the very first turn. Uh huh. Sean moves back, decides not to shoot this turn. Mm-hmm. So really, I've only gained three inches on him of the 12 that I need to make up. Oh, Matt, you know that three inches makes all the difference. It does. <laughs> it does. But uh, it certainly does. So then the next turn, I decided not to march. I needed at least a might point in there for the eagle. And I think I was thinking I probably need two. Ooh, so the, the dwarves, change of plan. The, the, there was a change of plan. The, the dwarves, they, they charged forward. And I knew they would be able to get within throwing weapon range on this turn. So I had something at least. I yes. had some kind of shooting. Yes. And the Woses this turn decided not to go for, not to move. They were going to finally go for their blowpipes. Oh. So throwing weapons versus blowpipes. Yes. So I Advantage think, I think in fact, Sean may have won priority on this one. So he did get to shoot first. Irrelevant. So I'm not in the best battle line. I've got everything moved up as fast as I Look could towards talking the Woses. I, I, I have to put myself down to explain what's about to happen because okay, it was a complete and utter fluke. So Sean... Has taken these 12 shots and just absolutely decimated me. Four dead Iron Guard. Oh, decimated. Four. That's, that's, who cares? Four out of four 12 models. Yeah, no. That's, that's more than decimated. That's close to decimated that's three true, times over. Decimated was 10%. I was nearly done. I was nearly done at that point. Oh. I was looking across the board at Sean and going, mate, you got a very nice army here and it has. Was there two Shawns in the tournament? Because I played Sean in the last round as well. No. Really? Yeah, I played him. He had Harrod. Sean Rosato? Yeah. You brought two no, armies. So. I, played him, I played him with Woses. I'm sure it was the last round. It was definitely Lords of Battle. He played two games at the same time. You did say that you all brought two armies. So, Like, I played him last game in Lords of Battle. Did Did any of you get the feeling you're fighting against a cardboard cutout? Is it possible, Matt, that you played someone else who had a similar army to Sean? It's very possible I was playing James and not Sean. And Is it thought very it was Sean that you got because no idea it who you had played? the Warriors' equal army? <laughs> James, I'm so sorry. James is a top bloke. Can I just say that? James is a great sport, and he's not even going to be bothered by it. Are you it. sure he's, Sean's not the top he's bloke? Gonna be a think, he's going to have been thinking for the last 10 minutes, when did my name become Sean? And I'm sorry, James. I, I'm very sorry. I do recall now that I was playing against James, and he yep. had a very nice army. He had the Wozes, he had Gwai, he had Bulrorotuk. And he decimated my army of, with one round of shooting. Three or four times over. And we thought it was done. We thought it was over. I looked across the board and I said, mate, you've got this. I'm so sorry. Like, I haven't been able to put up more of a fight here. Oh, the apologizing. And the next turn, in he comes. He's He charges in. Are oh, you no, sorry. your throwing weapons? Sorry. Yes, I threw a few throwing weapons. I think I got one kill. That's plenty. One yeah, kill. Easy, easy. He still had Four to 13 one. models. I had six. No, not so a problem. So he was These fighting two to one with Gwai here, Bulrora took. Gimli was on two oh, You're against the Bulrora. You're in trouble. I was in big trouble. So the Bulrora comes around the side and charges in. Oh, sorry. That very next turn, Gimli goes in and manages to get a total of one kill. Hooray. None of my other dwarves got a kill. The eagle comes. So we had a bit of an audio issue, but Matt, you're talking about how you had just lost four dwarves to one woes and were ready to concede the game. What happened next? Okay, after this, I thought, well, I, I've got to continue on. I've got to at least finish this out, even though I was practically ready to hand James the game. So Gimli's charged in. Uh, a few other dwarves, a few other Iron Guard that were left, whatever was left, were able to get into combat. Don't think I got any throwing weapon kills. 
I had a couple that were just sitting there on the flanks because they couldn't quite reach. It wasn't looking good. Uh, Bullroar was in charge range of Gimli. Decided not to charge him that turn, but there we are. Guahir ended up charging a un an unengaged dwarf on a flank, winning that combat and hurling down the line, killing another couple of dwarves, wiping out the dwarf that he'd thrown, uh, knocking down a few others. It, it wasn't good. It was not looking good at all at that point. I probably had about five models left now. I did still have the Banner and Gimli with two might points, but it, it didn't. It, five it dwarves wasn't. is huge. Five dwarves against Woes. You need more than five. Like, uh, Woes is still we'll up against see, it. We'll see. You may be right. Yeah, go so, on. Then, so then, so then, the craziest turn you've ever seen. It was absolutely nuts. Guaihia could not get into combat this next turn. He failed to make an avenue. So Gimli has charged around the flank. You've mm -hmm. got a couple of other dwarves that have just stood up, just moved into combat, and a couple that are just sort of standing behind there. Bullroarer Took comes in and charges an Iron Guard and a Dwarf Warrior who are just standing behind the lines. They couldn't really do anything. Gets in there, thinks, ah, oh, this will be easy. I might as well call a heroic combat. Calls the heroic combat and fails miserably. Uh huh. The Iron Guard turns around and chops down Bullroarer Took. Yeah. There goes all the might yep. that was left on James's side of the board. And suddenly, and suddenly you got a glimmer of hope. Suddenly, I got my second win. And all of the dwarves were winning combats, and they're all chopping down these woeses, and everything's dying left, right, and center. The Eagles failing to win combats and getting trapped and surrounded, taking wounds. Gimli finally kills the Eagle. All the woeses are dead, and somehow I've got a major win. I am so impressed that with five models, you're managing to get kills left, right, and center. Like, yeah. you'd think that, yeah. like, what, left, three on the left, left was one on the right, the one right in the was the eagle, and in the center was the Oh, my roses. God. Such positioning. I may have exaggerated this game a little bit, but that turn was completely insane. I'm, I'm going to have to talk to James about it a bit more, because I, I, I don't want to dishearten too much. He completely outplayed me in this game, and the dwarves just went nuts at the end and just pulled it out. I like the bull roar fighting a dwarf and a iron guard and losing. Counts as yeah. completely insane. Oh, well, it really like it's was, still three because it, it's three not attacks. just that. It was the fact that yeah. it was You the, have a banner, so it's four points. attacks to three attacks. No, the banner was definitely not in range okay, of that one. Okay, banner's out of range. It was just the fact that probably James didn't need to make that charge, and he said to me after he'd done it, oh, I, I really shouldn't have done that, because he had so many other options. But he's thrown Bullroar in there, and I'm on the ropes. I, I'm just Because everything else should have died that combat. That was just the first combat that we did, and that was probably the one, yeah, where he was the worst off and then suddenly he dies and i'm just like well that was a good start and then everything else just went my way everything started winning so it, within three turns he was broken and the game was over and yeah Tough game. it's just one of those games yeah so pulled out the major win there and suddenly i'd finished the tournament with three major wins wow not bad so I played Sean in the last round, the real Sean, the not real the fake Sean, Sean, not the, James not, Sean. Not the imitation Sean. So Sean this time had the Golden King of Abrakan with six Abrakan Guard and then uh, six uh, Watchers of Khan with the two attack bowmen, basically. He had a banner in this somehow, I think. No, he, the Golden King was the banner. Uh, he might have had a horn, I'm not sure. But anyway, it was it was one warband again. I was with my Rivendell Knights. So I was outnumbering. No, I wasn't outnumbering, but I had eight models to to 13 I think so it wasn't that bad I was full of maneuver maneuvered around we had a bit of a shooting war at the start which Sean did reasonably well in I was really targeting the watches 
trying to reduce the bow fire. I got half of them. And then once once that happened and we're closing in, the watchers managed to kill a couple of Rivendell Knights, which gives you two points because they got horses as well. So we stayed roughly even, even though I was wiping out two models for everyone I was losing. We're very close. But it got to the point where the Golden King had to do a basically did a mass combat against one Rivendell Knight, used his last point of might to strike up just to make sure he got that one kill, because that would have been, I think, the first kill at that point. Got that kill, killed a couple of archer, uh, archers, but then my knight captain and my ranger of the north, who both had full might, went in and just wiped everything out. So I had uh, the the elf captain and one Rivendell knight charge into the golden king and killed him straight out, doing the whatever it is, the four wounds that were needed, six wounds that were needed. Um, and that really swung the points in my favor because got, I got heaps of points for that. So I managed to get the major win. I just doubled. It was like a 19 to 8 or something like that. I lost four Rivendell Knights. So it was closer than it probably needed to be, but it was one of those ones where, which you get with the Rivendell Knights where it was totally in my favor. So, so there's nothing scarier than a Ranger of the North on full stat. No. no and Coming in with full might. And when I'm getting points for, for my superior shooting against the Warband with Defense 4 across the board, it's it's scary for Sean. So he played it reasonably well, but he didn't. There's not much he could have done. He did everything he could have done, which in that sort of scenario wasn't enough. I would have liked the scenarios to be changed up a little bit because of 250 points, and that's something I might do in the future: is actually write some specific 250 point scenarios. Come to minimize. Oh, I'll come to minimize. But I would like to do an actual scenario pack where we can just play it on the on the right board sides because I felt like some of these scenarios didn't quite work as well as we would have liked. And there's some really swingy armies, some really big stuff and some small stuff. So results, let's go through the results. Matt, best army was Mason? It was, and I think I did vote for that army as so well. So did I. It was a good army. Yeah, very nice. He had nice. some, basically an alliance of some undead and some, some ranger guys. I uh, was lucky enough to actually see it as he was uh, making it up. Uh, the Mahood was the one I was thinking yes, of as well, which was also well. very nice. Yep. I was lucky enough, yeah, to play a practice game with him uh, and saw it as he was making that army and as he was putting it together. It just, it all came together beautifully. I was wondering if you'd be able to pull it off, but Mason has shown that he's definitely capable of that. Oh, Mason turned out capable. really nicely. And yep. Mason also did us proud because he, almost an honorary Green Dragon member, he's been on once before, so we're going to claim him and all his prizes. He also achieved the ultimate goal, the wooden spoon. So he was able to get the, the double. The, the, a, a fine The prize. legendary double of best painted and the wooden spoon, which is hard to get, very hard to get both. Oh, yes, they're both fierce. Because you've got to be incredibly competent in painting and incredibly incompetent in game. (laughs) So that's hard to do. So well done, Mason. It's not just incompetence, because sometimes the luck gets in the way. Oh, I know. So you have to have enough skill to overcome your luck. Yes. But one thing you do know is that there is no luck in painting. It's all skill-based. No. No. Although it it comes down to people's opinion. It's a bit subjective, but Mason well and truly deserved it. He has got a nice army. So, yeah, well done, Mason. We had... I got the best table. There wasn't many people who brought tables. It was me and Kylie brought yeah, tables along. Yeah, that was pretty along. much it. Yeah. So I got the best tables. Do you know which forever. table you actually won? No, I brought, had to brought two. After they sent the tournament pack, you may only bring one. Tim messaged me like two days before saying, Please Can bring you bring two? two? <laughs> Please bring two. Yeah. Yeah, roll my eyes. Probably some of us need to get around to making some more tables. Matt, yeah. make some tables. I'll make at least one table. Yep. When are we doing our Harrod table? Uh, over the holidays. I've got right. one more week and then I'm off. Beautiful. We're going to get that Lovely. Done. Yep. And then we had the prizes. Let's go. Have we best sport? Who was the best sport? Do you remember? I think it was Jack, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, w- I want to say it was Jack. I'm not sure. I'm sure he won something. Yeah, I know he, he was lucky enough to walk away that day with a Desolation of Smaug book that you found hidden yeah. away in the store. Yeah, that was a good find. So I'm glad he got that. I think it was Jack. I'm sorry, people. I might have a bit of Matt syndrome where I can't remember people's names. But we'll go to the placings. Third place. Drum roll. Was 
Matt, I what? won a third submarine. place. Out, out of the worst possible start, I managed to uh, somehow pick up a podium a and submarine. walk away with a uh, lovely little cheap plastic trophy, which I don't have many trophies. No, the trophies look nice. They're yeah. good. No, no, it was good. I did like well the first place. Oh, first place was first amazing. Place trophy was fantastic, but yeah. yeah no, look, I, I love having something that I can actually display. Like I've never really gotten around to putting all those. Um, you have the first place minimized trophy, don't you? For the medallion. I do. I've got I've got that paint pot that yes. I need to put up. The medallions are okay. It's the uh, the placards, the the yep. little certificates that you, you can't really do much with, and they sort of just end up in a pile. But look, I really like when I can get a trophy. I have probably three now, and they're quite nice just to put around mm. the room. So. so I've got about three as well, and I added to my three and got a second place. Second Woo! place for second place. Nicely done. Now, I, if you recall, because you've listened this far, you remember that I got thrashed by Tienan, who came away with the ultimate, the Eagle Trophy and the full prize. Well done, Tienan, winning this one. He was serious about it. He put together a hard army list, and he managed to, to pull it off. He was, he was running King's Champion and Dwarves on the good side, and is running Shelob and like a handful of orcs, Gorebag and stuff on the evil side. So he was very serious about his game, and he did seriously well. So well done, Tinan. Green Dragon Trifecta, wow. Yep. Yeah, good job, no, T. More than Trifecta, we picked up the Wooden Spoon and Best Table. Yeah, yeah, we, we're claiming them all. Swept, swept the tournament, Green Dragon all the way. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was very successful. And Matt, you won the door prize as well, didn't you? I did. I won the raffle. Six for six. <laughs> so we pretty much got everything. I got a uh, a copy of uh, Settlers of Catan that I'd never played before. So good game. Yeah, great game. Played it once or twice. Yeah. Well so done. that was that was a So thank you for Tim and Jeremy for running that. So now we're doing a once-off segment. Maybe we'll do this again, but we're going to look forward now. We've, we've, we're all very excited because you all hear the news now that our game has got extra life. It's going on longer. We're going to get new stuff. We're not going to talk about what new stuff it is, but we're going to talk about what our plans are for the future of the game because it's kind of exciting times. It's it's kind of a golden age to be in with the, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings where more is happening. So we're going to look forward to a bit about our own gaming and maybe a bit about the Green Dragon and and some things to the future. So, David, your plans for, I say the near future, not the, not the, let's not go too far forward. What are your plans? What's your ideas? A couple of spectres I'm working on, but once they're out of the way, um, it's an idea that I've been trying to get off the ground for a while. I just haven't really made a start on it. So it's a flight model? Yeah. Um, no, I want, well, I've got some of them. They're even further back. Mm. What I want is some Citadel Guard, no spears, no bows, just Citadel Guard with um, truncheons is my idea. So they're the Gondor's Civic Police Force. They're there oh. to keep order in the streets and in game they're to like go Toronto and just charge straight. See so the bash on, attack, non-lethal non yes. Citadel Guard. Just go straight into trolls with their, you know, bodyguard and their stunt and the truncheons to try and beat it down and arrest it. Just knock them all on the head. Yes, just down the Forwards go. on the foe. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, you can do some fantastic scenarios about some civil unrest and, and things like Denethor and some of the other gone. Like, there was a few crazy Gondorian leaders, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. That, there was the oh, Kin definitely. Strife and there was that yeah. evil queen and her cats and there was. Yeah, there, there's some, there some were really lots cool of nutters scenarios. around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's some really yeah. weird. Yeah. First attempt, I tried to sculpt cloaks onto Gondorians and I got one that looked okay and a few that looked really bad and I decided I could probably do it eventually but um so I'm now working on turning Numenorians and giving them Gondorian helmets yeah. and that sort of thing 
because yeah. Numenorians already have the cloaks and the robes and the surcoats and they look quite regal. I it's really think the simplest conversion, just putting a Gondorian head on Numenorian warriors looks fantastic. Yeah. The only, I'm having, it's taking time to carve off that like shield ring that they've all got in their arm, but it's yeah. easy enough. Ah, it just yeah, takes yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. So any other any other things? Uh, beyond that, um, I had a problem. I picked up a Gualavir in a box and it was all shiny and new. And then the army got sidelined. And then about two or three years after I brought it, I opened it up and it had two of the left wing. I couldn't take it back to Games Workshop because that particular Games Workshop was no longer there. I no longer had proof of purchase because, you know, it was about two, three years since I brought it. So I wrote into Games Workshop and I emailed them and I did a few other things and they sent me another one. So that's there ready to be assembled. But then I've got this other Gualavir with two left wings because they sent me a whole new one. Because, by the way, thank you, Games Workshop. Very nice. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Customer service is good. Yes. Yes. Um, But... As I mentioned in another segment, I picked up some Balrog wings recently. So I'm going to try and put some Balrog wings onto my Guadalupe and have like a real big, you know, first age terror of something or other. Yeah, that'd yeah, be cool. The first dragon. age stuff. We're so good at just first age scenarios, don't we? Oh, yes. Like yeah. the fall of Gondolin. Right. I've, I've been thinking a lot. Fall of Ministers, the fall of... Fall of anywhere. Lots of places fell. They did, didn't they? Towards the end there. We got some great feedback about our AME competition and I've been really racking my brain about one, what competition to do next because I want to do another one. It was it was actually way more work than I thought, and like making the models for the prizes, getting together enough scenarios, time. Yeah. it was huge, it, and we had a fantastic turnout. And recording the episode, it was a big episode that we looked at. So, I would like to do something like really, really interesting. And I've been been eyeing off the first age because oh, yeah. that gets me really excited. There's some there's Gondolin, just Nagathron. But I, I'm worried if it could it be could it be too big. Like, is it is it Pick a too open? part of the first stage. Then. Yeah, so I'm really I'm arguing about that because I'm I'm super excited. About I mean, that stuff. there, there are little the points cost. Yeah, th- <laughs> there are little like skirmishes or like individual set pieces. I think that would work really well. Yeah, there's so, some like there's some couple model skirmishes and there's just the biggest battles that ever hit Middle Earth. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, it it's that that's definitely an option there. So yeah, having Gulivar converted up like a Balrog and. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many Balrogs there. Because there was the original, what's her name? The, the Vampire Messenger uh, of Sauron. I know this one, actually. Thuring Wethu. Yes. You should yeah. have it. The Vampire Messenger of Sauron. Yeah. That was like the one vampire mentioned in the books, wasn't it? Yes. It was, yes. yes. Though Luthien, um, believe, skinned her and stole her um, to disguise herself yeah, as the Vampire did. Messenger. And because you've got a magical disguise, it allows you to fly. So, damn it. I want to read Cimmerillion again. Cimmerillion. Uh, I was going to use the Bjorn rules for this a while ago because she's wandering around and then she puts on her disguise and turns into this massive vampire monster thingy. So that would yeah, because Bjorn wasn't the only shapeshifter in Middle Earth. Like, no, there, there were around. others. Sauron was the most notable one that I remember. Sorry, yes. werewolf. Yeah, werewolf. He, he turned into something else, didn't he? he? Turned into a lot in that. He turned into a werewolf and then to escape, he did the sort of I'll turn into a snake, but then I'll turn into something else, and yeah, he just sort yeah, of cycled yeah. through a bunch of forms. Yeah, just like yeah, that was fantastic. Oh, that was really good, David. Matt. Okay, there is one thing that I really do have to do. I'll be pressured into it. I need to run a multiple Hasherim list. And to do this, I probably need to convert a couple of Hashery because I don't want to run that same pose three times. Yeah. The one with the knife up sort of under his chin. He's not quite sure. And you exactly don't want to play the 7,000 Australian dollars for that rare pose? No, I'd, I'd rather not if I can avoid it. There is I did the battle have games around. in Middle Earth conversion. You get the Harad Spearman with his hands over his head and you chop his spear in half and then you file down the bits of spear oh. he's got left into daggers Very and nice. put a cloak on him and 
I did that one back when the Battle Games thing came out, and a lot of people have asked me, is that the new Hasharan model? Oh, really? And I say, no, it's the Battle Games Middle Earth conversion. Have a look at his cloak. You can still see green on it from where I didn't okay. quite, from where I started to scrape it That's down. That's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah, I actually saw that uh, only in the last few days, I think Mason has put up a lovely Hasharan conversion he made out of Lady Galadriel, the old one with the hand yeah, up. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, it looks great. So that's that's another op- look. I'll probably come up with my own idea Remember, and just uh, the Hasharan are masters of disguise. They could look like anything. Yes, true, true. <laughs> you you're trying to get him to do Fatty Bulger again? Aren't you? <laughs> Fatty yes. Bulger Hasharan. Oh no! You have like the Hash- you have him like Fatty Bulger size until you turn the model and you see his legs sticking out the back. He's walking around on his knees with his shoes. Oh, Fatty, not yeah, shoes, like Fatty Bulger, like festoon oh, no. with daggers and something at yes. the back. Oh no! I'm gonna have to do a Fatty Bulger Hasharan. <laughs> Actually, I have some Hobbit ninja models I picked up from somewhere. I don't know. They're just ninja models in a scale that make them right about hobbits. Okay. I was going to use them as the strength three ones, but again, that's after my winged monster of death. Right. But yeah. yeah. Ninja hobbits. Nice. Mm. <laughs> uh, the the only other thing that I absolutely have to get onto because I'm putting it off for ages is Smaug. I'm going to have to. You have one? Too. I do have a Smaug. He's yeah. got a Smaug. i got a Smaug. Mine's assembled, but not painted. Is I, yours I, assembled? Mine's still in the box. Oh. Yeah. I really haven't got around to it. Smaug wasn't the one army you'd choose if... <laughs> mm, uh, I want to play some interesting games. Yeah, true. I think it's enough. That's uh, look. I would love to do that smog scenario. I've got to do a lake town board. That's I've got to get get. I've got to do so many boards. I really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I want to finish my Merkwood army. I've got so many things that I want to do in the future. But in reality, I think the things that I'm probably going to do soonest is the Last Alliance. I'm going to do Last Alliance. I'm going to do the Fellowship version of it with the two forty orcs. Eventually, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do. War at the Ring. The last it cannot alliance. be done. War of the Ring. Remember that game? Interesting. Remember I, that I do set? vaguely remember, remember a game by that name, yeah. What I want to do is not just have my my ones, because 240 Orcs is only be like three formations or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I want to get everyone else's. And I want to set up the, the biggest board. I remember when we did the War of the Ring display, and it consisted of everybody bringing all their Moomuck. We had like eight or nine of them. Yeah. Actually, we had more than that. But we can you imagine with all infantry last alliance? Uh, we, we didn't have the infantry for it. That was the problem. We had the Moomuck. We had the trolls. We just couldn't get enough infantry on the board. Yeah. yeah so I, I'll probably start small, but I do want to do a big War of the Ring game for fun, not for tournaments. I don't... Like, tournaments are fun and all that sort of stuff, but they're not really my cup of tea. I want to do some really story-driven stuff that you just look at and you have those memories forever. Like, we've got some scenarios we've played that we always remember the games. We don't have a lot of tournament games that we always remember, and usually if we do, it's just the dice rolls rather than the story. Yeah, Probably it's, I have tournament games that I remember, but it was me and the opponent and that guy on the table next to me who I yelled at until he came and had a look. So even though you get yeah. the memories, they're not really shared as much yeah. as that big all-in to create the story. Yeah, to... because then everyone's watching it once yes. as well. Like, everyone's seeing what's going on, mm-hmm. rather than just a sort of experience between two people, mostly. Like yeah. those old-school club games we used to do, where we just all get together and play the same one, and, and play for five like hours the and last finish Alliance the game. campaign. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would love to do some of that stuff, and just really bring back those sort of, those memories. And also want to... F- to get our uh, desert board done, Matt. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah, we definitely need to do that. So I've got holidays in a week. So And you're on holidays now, aren't you? I am, yeah. Yeah, so we're definitely going to do that and, and sure. get to work on it because basically when you guys come over, it's the only excuse I get now to do modeling and stuff. So you've got to come over more. We'll be here. For sure. Yeah, we'll yep. definitely be here. So any scenarios that we want to play? Well, I want to, I do want to have a scenario with that uh, Haradrim board. I remember there was an old one with a uh, Hasharan... 
trying to assassinate a Haradrim king, or possibly multiple Hashrims. I'd like to try and find that one. There was I'm not the, sure exactly what it was. There was the three Hasharan going after the fleeing Gondorian nobles. Yeah, I played yeah. that one, and they try the nobles are trying to jump on the boats before the Hasharan. Yeah, go I and think take I'd them like out. to try that or, one out. I just remember that one, thinking that, that sounds pretty good. Or the Soladin leading his rebellion against two Hasharan as well. That sounds good too. That, that's the one with the Mumak. Was that the old Palinor? Yeah, team? that's the one where yeah. it's like a courage test for every model at the start of the game. Figure out whether they side with Soladin or the Hisharan. <laughs> so you end up with half the guys in the Howdar on one team, half the guys on the other, and they just fight, and whoever wins takes control of the Mumok. Wow. Right. There's, um, there's a, there was in the White Dwarf a four-scenario four campaign, which was basically the Variags of Khan versus Harrod. And I think now that Kylie's got her uh, Khan done, I think you should get out the Harrod mount, and I think you should play through that. Is that the yeah. one where Soladin got his own Moomuk? Yes, one yes. Soladin's where got he's just right. like, stand aside. I'm driving. Yeah, I'm the driver. <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> In game, three might. Yes. <laughs> Everything else irrelevant. <laughs> now this was when the you had to assault a fortress, and this is yes. when the Moomuk was a um, a living siege siege engine as well. Ah, yes. Oh, I've got to make siege point. engines. I've done almost yes. all the Siege of Gondor book except the siege engines. I'm now at the point where I'm redoing the bases of the boards to make them look better. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to. But oh, so many things I want to do. I'm going to make some siege <laughs> engines and play through that as well. Because Siege of Gondor, I do like the sieges, and I I like them because they're not the most competitive games. They're just fun to watch as a story. That you don't look at them and say, "Oh, I've outplayed you in a siege." Ha ha ha! I stood behind a wall and you assaulted it, and therefore your tactical. <laughs> I outnumbered you eight to one, and I destroyed you. <laughs> yeah, but it's they always give such tense games and such yeah. cool stories. So I'd like to go through. I like to go through every orc scenario now of my new orcs because that's. Man, I've got so much things I want to play. We have a lot to get through. Yeah, <laughs> so much stuff. So, looking in the future. So, we've, anything else we want to add? Um, you've whetted my appetite with thoughts of um, civic patrollers doing battle with, you know, Gondorian ruffians. I oh. just need to throw some hashery into a battle now. Yeah, you could yeah. do the Harrod civic unrest as well. Have Harrod yeah. peasants. Yes. Oh. So, I, I send the squad of patrollers down to sort out <laughs> this trouble and, and they run into a shower in the morning. Well, no, oh, if no. you did an Umbar one, you could because yeah. Umbar was under Gondorian control yes. for a, while, yeah, a long was, time. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so you could have the Civil Guard cool, civic yeah. belief mm-hmm. with a, with a Harrod, Haradrim uprising in Gondor. What do I lead them with? Captain of the White Tower? Or I reckon just go That guy with plus two courage? Or? Yeah, the guy with the big sword. What's he called? Uh, Knight, Knight of the, the White Tower. Tower. Yeah. And that's a two-handed weapon, so we could still have the Trunjan as a single-handed weapon. Yeah. <laughs> to tie him yeah, in. True, yes. true. So he's the executioner as well. He's even got the little yes. knife on he's his belt. He's the judge. He can fix up. Well, no, I think he's the executioner. I think you need he's like both. a king of Both's men for a judge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, judge jury. Really cool. So we've looked forward, and in a moment, we're going to look into the past with Shadow in the Past. Welcome to A Shadow in the Past, where we look at the controversial book called Legions of Middle-Earth. <laughs> now, David, you have Legions of Middle-Earth in your hands right now. Yes. How, the, happy you to, how happy are you to have this book? This is out of print at the moment. As the person who's never owned a copy, I'm quite amazed to be holding one. Like, oh. this, this is a rare moment for me. What a book. What a, now, you're going to hear a little bit of sarcasm in my voice for this one, because this, this book really splits my opinions. We'll go into that at the moment. And we're going to look at it with some eyes of, of people who haven't really looked at it for a while. It's a nice, thick book. It's got quite a lot of pages in it, quite a lot of pictures in there. And what is this book about, David? This was 
Games Workshop's first real attempt to enforce some law and order on the Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. Yeah, before this, we just took our own rules and just basically made army lists from you, whatever we liked. You I, couldn't really hear it then, but I was pronouncing law with the E on the end. You, you definitely, oh, no, I heard that. I heard that. Sorry, I definitely put that one on. So mm-hmm. before this, you could ta- say take, I don't know, a captain of Gondor and then four Rivendell men with bows and... 12 dwarves and there wasn't any war bands there wasn't any restriction on the leaders had to be leading their own type so what it meant was back in the day you could have some some nice themes like i had a battle of five armies theme where i had men and dwarves and elves and i couldn't afford the elf captain so i didn't have him in there but people were abusing it and basically taking just elf 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 bowmen and then just dwarf shieldmen and then just human spearmen and and making a mess of it like from from one point of view i can understand that like at the Battle of the Palinor, it does mention some of the guys came up from the fiefdoms. They didn't have a captain. They just came. Unfortunately, in-game, it turned out that I'll take the best of this. I'll take the best of that. Yeah, so so it was a good idea. We came up with Legion of the Middle-Earth, which is basically, for want of a better word, a tournament pack. Effectively, it had some nice lists of scenarios, and then it had army lists where you could say, I am going to be playing the Elven Havens this game. You choose the Grey Havens. It gives you a list of heroes. It gives you a list of warriors. Okay, so let's go through it from the from the start. I think it's going to go in a little bit of depth on this to see if people would, would go through it. So don't worry too much about the pictures because these pictures have been printed other places before. First content, David, what is it? Mustering the Legions of Middle-Earth. It takes you through how you're going to select your army in this new tournament pack. So basically the way you did this was you chose an army list. You had to pick one hero at least from that and then any number of warriors from that list. And then you could ally with lists and it said which list you could ally with. And you could take, once again up to one or more heroes from that list and then as many warriors as you wanted once you once you unlocked it with a hero uh you had to have a third bow i think and there might have been a limit to siege weapons as well i can't remember it exactly the case there there's a model limit so this had the max and minimum model max restrictions minimum, yes had the bow limit and the siege engine limit yes but you could you could end up having all heroes if you wanted to or you could have basically one hero and then 70 warriors if you wanted to and that that did happen so going on now, I just want to point out that people have misquoted this book in the since then. Some people say that the game is played on a four foot by four foot board, and they said this was from Legions of Middle Earth. Not true. Legions of Middle Earth suggests that you could use a four foot by four foot board, but you could definitely go larger if you wish. It doesn't actually set it in stone at all. It's just all the pictures are of the square table. So watch out for that. If someone ever says that the game is played on a four foot by four foot board, I want you to take a copy of Legions of Middle Earth, proceed to whack them at the side of the head. And say, read this good chap. Yeah, it does say that it is purely a suggestion. And if you're using more models, they recommend using a larger board. Which for makes a lot of reasons. sense. Yes. Yeah, you've got very crowded boards here. So then go on, David. What's next? Okay. Um, it takes us through the various army lists, listing your heroes, listing your warriors, listing your allies that you can take with each army list. Okay, let's go through army lists one at a time. And you're actually going to have to start from the start. I know you're super keen to get to the end because you're excited about that part, but hold your horses, David. Uh, this Calm is the, down. O- the old scenarios. Okay, we've got a few pictures. Hang on. The armies of good. The armies of good. Okay, what is the first army of good? The fellowship. The fellowship. They are an army unto themselves. Yep, so quite a good theme for this army, an all-hero army. It's one that you never saw at the time because hero armies were definitely out of vogue unless they were Nazgul. They would have come in as allies, say, you want to borrow me or you want yeah. to... But not not as a main force. But that's that's basically evolved into the fellowship list we have now. There's a few examples. Um, next one, the North Kingdom. We get Arnor. Arnor. So what's in the Arnor list? We've got Arvindui, the last king, Malbeth the Seer, 
We've got the Captain of Arnor with his various equipment and yep. the Dunedain. No Rangers of the North, just Dunedain. Just Dunedain, yep. And then for the Warriors? The Warrior of Arnor, the Ranger of Arnor, and the Hobbit Archer. So the difference here is the Hobbit Archer is in native to the Arnor list, which it is not anymore. It's now totally in the Hobbit list. So this was this is actually good. You could take basically a Battle of Four Norse list and you took advantage of having the Hobbit Archers with the rest of your force. A good little army list, not a lot of options, but but a nice one. Quite restricted in its allies as well, but which it should be because it was it was it's the Battle of Fornost. I really liked in this book that they restricted allies based on the time, so you didn't get a lot of crazy stuff. You could you could find some loopholes, but it was very hard to ally say, I don't know, um, Arathorn with a a Legolas or well no Legolas is a bad example. Well, uh, Fatty Bulger. Aragorn's a bad example as well. Fatty Bulger, yes. Fatty Bulger's a good example. Well done, David. Thank you for saving me. I just totally... Go on. Okay, next we have the Grey Company, which is your Striders and Aragons, your Arathorns, your Halberds, your Rangers of the North appear here, Dunedain, and of course the Elven Twins, with the option of the Rangers of Arnor as Warriors. Yep, so once again, very similar to the, the current Grey Company list at the moment. So nice theme there, and I like that this, if you wanted to know the theme, you could just go pick this out and work out where it was from in the books. And... Unlike Arnor, the Grey Company does have a solid list of allies. Mm. Yeah, absolutely it would. Moving on, we have the Shire, which is a fairly standard Shire list. You've got your four travellers. You've got Bilbo, Maggot, Paladin, Lobelia, Fatty. The Bullroarer is in the Shire list. Aragon's in the Shire list, as well as Gandalf and the Dunedain. So the Bullroarer is in this list, is he? Uh, yes. Ooh. But he may not be included in an army with any other Hobbit hero. Oh, okay, that makes and sense to me. The Shire cannot ally, so if you take the Bull Roar, he is your only hero, and the rest of your army is three and four point hobbits. Uh, and Aragorn and Gandalf, if you wish. Oh, yes. But this is fantastic list. I really like the restrictions here. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Fatty you, can't be your leader. You get themed lists. So, I like this one. The no allies was probably a little bit harsh. I know that there was some probably elves around the Shire that could have helped them out, but... But they I, have the Dunedain and Gandalf and Aragorn actually written to the yeah, list. Yeah, so it's, it's a good good themed list. From what I remember, I was never unlucky enough to face this, but I understand that overseas, not in our area, but overseas, hobbits were a real problem during the Legion's uh, period because they were just absolutely spammed out the wazoo and they just made for some not well, great games. If you take their cheaper leading hero, which is 25 points, or pal yeah, Paladin's 25 as well, and then you take your three or four point hobbits and you max archers, you're going to fill your deployment zone. You're going to hit the max model count. It's yeah, they they just got really shocking and obnoxious, unfortunately. Yeah, it but, uh, looks some people quite scary if you're going to play it like that. Yeah, yeah. Look, people always take advantage of loopholes, and of course, you could throw blinding light up with Gandalf and just do some really nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad we never had to face that ourselves. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't base my uh, Arcanicon list on it one year on it. Nobody owned enough hobbits, luckily. But um, yeah, now they do. Now they do. Yes, but we've got warbands to protect us. <laughs> Thank you, warbands. Uh, next up, we have the Elven Havens, which opens with Rivendell. This is your Elrond, your Glorfendel, Lord of the West. The Elven Twins, Erastor, Arwen, and your Elven Captains with your options of heavy armor and such like. Yep, and Warriors? Warriors, we have Elf Warrior. And this is when you just have your straight Elf Warrior. You've got to purchase your heavy armor or your Elven Blades or your banners and all that. So you separate. could essentially run it as Wood Elves as well. So you could run it as the Defense 3 ones. No option of armor. It's just flat or heavy armor. Yep, yep. So you couldn't do the, the uh, what were they, the Mirkwood? No. Um, Gladrum. Yeah, Gladrum. Couldn't do the Gladrum. But this is a good list, and it's very similar to, to what it is now. What's the next one, David? Next up, we have the Grey Havens. The Grey Havens. This has sort of disappeared from the lore a little bit of late. 
they didn't really do a whole lot. They just sort of sat there. So they guarded boats. Come on. Yeah, until the last boat slipped. Never mind. These um, are the last bastion. Like, <laughs> if everything else in Middle Earth was taken over, they would have gone after these guardians of the Greyhounds. And they would have gotten their boats and left. Yeah, true. <laughs> that was it. They so were who were on these boats? Uh, Kiridun of the Havens. He is in the Havens. Uh, wonderful as, model. As well as Elf Captain with assorted options. Uh, for the Warriors, we have the Guardians of the Havens at 13 points each. Guardians of the Havens, they never came out. We have the Elf Knight for 20 points. Elf these Knight. options of lances and shields and bows. Rivendell Knight sort mainly, of came out. but that's only been recently. Elf Ranger for 11 points. Never Elf Ranger just never came out. Elf Warrior, again, with a list of options. Yeah, so a whole bunch of troops that never came out. So this is one of the biggest problems with this book is that you had points, you had models, you didn't have any rules. I think it's fair to say that looking at this list now, Kirdan is disappointed. Oh, that is very disappointing. Like, they got Elf Rangers, but they didn't go to the Havens. Yeah. Merkwood, so, Merkwood stole them. Yeah. So Kierden some of these ideas involved, but this is, this is really sad, because what you got when you bought this book is you thought you got a glimpse of the future. You thought you looked inside the Palantir. You looked in there, you saw, oh, wow, I see the next three years of releases. Nope. And the FQ&A said, this is what we're planning on releasing. This is coming. Oh, we'll get up it, to that in a moment. It will be there. Yeah, so... Over the time that Lord of the Rings and Hobbit's been out, they've the, the company's changed their tactics, like done 180s all the time. So you've, you've got lots of incomplete series of books. You've got lots of things missing. This is a real shame that they missed out on some of these models. What's the next list? Next we have Eregion, back when it was still a realm of power. So this is your elves at the time of Calabrimbor. Eregion, isn't it? I think it is Eregion. Ere- yeah? I've yeah, always pronounced it Eregion, but as we okay. know, that doesn't mean much. So <laughs> okay. I'll have a look. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's Go got on. E's and G's and R's. So it's got Alrond. It has Gilgalad. Mm, it nice. has Calabrimbor himself oh, Calabrimbor. with his armored horse. Calabrimbor. Wasn't he the ringmaker? Ah, uh, yes. Well, one of. One of, yes. He, he he was the important one. He he. Look, if I was going to buy a ring, he's the guy I'll get it off. Oh yeah. Except no substitute. No. Aristor. He was still around. And again, the Elven captains. Calabrimbor. Man, I want Calabrimbor. Go on, and what's, what for the good warriors, we get elven chariots for oh, 30 points. Faints. Again, the elven knights, the elven rangers, the elven warriors, and the elven war catapults. So at this point, clearly there was a plan for a, a second age-ish elf supplement with so many cool things, and it just and didn't happen. What's interesting about the war catapults is some of the um, upgrades are fairly obvious, like siege veterans. Some of them, though, like high elf crewmen, we assume they shoot better or something, but rallying point. Like, you just see it with all these big banners on the top to be like a command center or um, enchanted ammunition. Like, we know what cursed ammunition does. Is this different or is it? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Pips the curiosity. Elf, and you could do a whole bunch of Silmarilli stuff with, with elf catapults and, and oh, the yes. elf sieging fortress. That would be mm-hmm. fantastic. Okay, moving along. Just for the pronunciation, I believe Eregion. Yes! So, like a herb. Yeah. yeah. The G is always hard. The R is always trilled, apparently. Yeah. I can any of you trill an R? Region. 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 So, everyone can except you, David. Got it. Okay. Onto the Woodland Realms. Onto the Woodland Realms. We have Lothlorien. Lothlorien. With your Galadriel. Your other Galadriel. My Galadriel. Which Galadriel? The magic so Galadriel? The first Galadriel is just Galadriel. Then we have Galadriel, Lady of the Galadriel. Our Galadriel, Angry Pose. Well, it's 125 points. What's one of the, yeah, it's one of the war aspects. Yeah, yeah, war aspects. We've got Caliborn with his assorted options, Haldir, and the Wood Elf Captain. 
Okay, so they're all standard models that were available at the time. Go to the Warriors. We have the Wood Elf Warrior. Nice. It's standard, fairly standard list of upgrades. So many options. Galadrum Warrior, which is the ones with armor. Yep. The Galadrum Knight. Yep, they, were, they came out. Yes. Weren't 15 points, but they came mm. out. The Galadrum Pathwalkers for 13 points. Pathwalkers. Oh. See, now that just sounds so good. I want, I want to oh. walk a path. And the Galadrum Siege Catapult. I imagine they're like the, the Pathwalker Siege Catapult. There's some great paths yeah. down there. Imagine them like woodland creature, but like double. Double woodland creature. Like so woodland, they move woodland faster creature. in woods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you get a Pathwalker, but once again, some great ideas and, and yeah, Siege Weapons again for the elves that we've missed out on. And again, it's got like Rallying Point and Enchanted Ammunition and just things oh, that you wonder wow. what that would do. Yeah, yeah I do. Thundr- Thundrel's Halls with Thundrel himself. Yep. Legolas mm-hmm. and the Wood Elf Captain. For the Warriors, he's just got Wood Elf Warriors with a bunch of upgrades and the Wood Elf Sentinel, which we have. Yeah, we ended up getting a Sentinel, didn't we? Yes, we did. That was the little magic-y one that could have a horn and, and right. could sing. So the three yes. spell type yeah. things. Yeah, yes. so that was, that was a good list. Okay. Is that On all the elves? Sangorn. Sangorn. Still part of the Woodland Realms. Okay. We have for the, for the good heroes, Treebeard. Treebeard, yes. Quick yeah. Beam. Quick Beam. Oh. And Beachbone. Ah oh, oh, no! Extra, extra ent heroes. Yeah, oh, Quick Beam so cool. was my favorite ent by far because he was almost hasty. He was hasty and <laughs> almost hasty. Almost no ent is really hasty. Yeah, he's. Ha- I wrote a scenario years and years ago, which I'm going to see if I can dig up somewhere, where I had basically a, a lower defense, lower strength, faster moving ent, mm-hmm. and Quick Beam had to go and like stop orcs with two handed weapons chopping down trees. I remember that one, and it was just fantastic fun. And, uh, it was the opening of the Isengard campaign, wasn't it? Yeah, we're going to have to... Because he was so hasty that he, he didn't bother for him. So yeah, many missed He just went in by himself. Oh, it was a fantastic scenario. I really want to get that back, but oh, the Ents. And so the Warriors events, of course, it's just Ent Warriors, isn't it? Ents and the Huans. Or Huans. Huans. Oh. 50 points each. I don't even know what they would have done with that. I really liked those uh, Huans that we got in that AMS scenario. Mm, that was a good one. Yeah. But I reckon they would have been just... Cheaper ants, probably two attack yeah, ones. Something like that. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. I think they would have been cannon fodder. Like half ants almost. Yeah, half ants. Yeah, like the half trolls or half trolls. But half ants. Yes. Half ants, yes. Yes, half ants. Got ends, a couple of pictures. Ends. And then we have Rohan. Rohan. The Riders of Yol. Um, we have Yol the Young. We have the King of Men. We have the Captain of Rohan. And we have the Rohan Outrider. Comes in at 10 points plus a 5 point horse, which is required. You cannot not take the horse. So this was a list which was all cav, all based around Aeol the Young. Notice how there's no Sons of Aeol there. Um, yeah, they yes. had no plans. For the Warriors them. is the yeah. Rider of Rohan and the Royal Guard. But mm. I point this out. The King of Men, the Captain, and the Royal Guard must take the horse. It yeah, is required. That's right. It's an yeah. all-horse list. So Except, yeah, it's an all-horse list. So what we'll find of Rohan is that there's a lot of the options we have now weren't available at this point. So they obviously hadn't fleshed them out. But we've got some different options. Go on to the next one, David. The hosts of the Hammerhand. Helm Hammerhand. We talked about Helm Hammerhand Yes, before. we talked Actually. about Helm Hammerhand. Yes. So, Helm Hammerhand. 100 points. Option of a horse. King of Men. Fairly standard. Rohan Captain. Fairly standard. And the Rohan Outrider. Yep. Warriors. Rider of Rohan. Yep. Helm's Guard. Helm's Guard. 10 points each. Option of Banner and Horse. And, of course, Warriors of Rohan. So we missed out on... Sorry, there was going to be a Helm supplement. We should have had Helm. We're going to have a Helm supplement. We should have had Helm by now. I would love it to be a Helm versus Dunlin supplement. Mm-hmm. Mm. That'd be brilliant. 
but Helm was known for going out by himself. So what do his guard do? Are they the guys who like sit and twiddle their thumbs waiting for him to come back? They go and like do his taxes and things like that while he's going out <laughs> punching people in the face. Yeah. Or are they the guys that after Helm died went, you know what? We're, we're going to follow on the tradition. Some oh yeah, the they kept going. They'd whatever. one of them at a time would become <laughs> yeah. the new Helm. Yeah. There's a whole like, Batman you've gotta, situation yeah, going. You got to go out and take up the cloak, which you know, he it, didn't yeah. wear, so it's on the hook anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> so we really missed this list. Uh, what were their allies out of uh, allies? Curiosity. They can ally with uh, Lothlorien, Minas mm-hmm. Tirith, or Doran's folk. So all the really generic sort of the, the gene- sort of yeah. yeah like so none of the time period specific the second lists. age sort kind of, of one well no they're not sick well some sort of, them are of mid yeah. third age ones well yeah. someone like Lothlorien's always been there sort of yeah. thing well, Lothlorien for a give, over. give right. or take yeah. yep moving on we have Theoden's host which I believe is the War of the Rings Theoden's host yeah this so. one's pr- hasn't changed a lot has it Theoden King Emir Marshall Eowyn Shield Maiden Gambling Captain Erkenbrand without the special title. Theodred, Marshal of the Riddermark, Hummer, Captain of Rohan, Mary Ardock, Knight of the Mark, the Captain of Rohan, and the Rohan Outrider again. So none of Grimbold's guys, none of um, the Sons of Earl again. This is one of those few lists that they've actually expanded quite a bit on. Yeah, we got quite and a bit more of Rohan. So we're lucky we haven't in that missed case. out on yeah. much, so it was good. Warriors I'm are glad they've done that with Rohan. They're so good. Warriors are your warriors, your riders, and your royal guards, so fairly standard. Yes. Go on, what's next? More pictures and Gondor. First up, we have the Tower of Ecthelion. Tower of Ecthelion. So once again, a War of the Ring one is this? Uh, post-War of the Ring. Post-War of the Ring. Because we have Aragon, the king. Oh, yes. Boromir, Captain of the White Tower at the same time. So it's sort of either side. Yeah, your no, call. It's, it's, the, it's the War of the Ring one. Yeah. Uh, Denethor, Steward. Faramir, Captain of Gondor. Baragond of Gondor. Peregrine, Guard of the Citadel. And your Captains of Minas Tirith. Mm. And Warriors? Warriors, we have the Warrior of Minas Tirith, the Knight of Minas Tirith, the Guard of the Fountain Court. Citadel Guard and your two siege engines. So the Avenger Did, did the Citadel Guard have horses in this one? Uh, Citadel Guard, Longbow Spear Horse, yes. Yes. Yeah. Have you noticed that Unreleased Miniatures has actually released just not quite Citadel Guard on horse? But pretty close, yeah. Oh, they look fantastic. nice. I want to get some order, but... Uh, I, think, uh, I think the models that you're talking about might be Guard of White Tower. Yeah, I Guard believe that's the one. I think they're... Steward of the White Tower. Just coincidence that they look the same. Yeah, they, they, look, they, they quite do look similar. nice, though. Fingers crossed yeah. I get some money for Christmas so I can spend some on some unreleased miniatures. Oh, me too, yes. And the Siege Engines look fairly standard, so nothing really special there. Yeah, I don't think... Again, that was one with not much new. Mm-hmm. Well, we pretty much had that stuff. Yeah. Next one. Minas Tirith itself. So you got your King of Men and your Captain of Minas Tirith. The good warriors are the warrior, the knight, the ranger, the guard of the fountain court, the civil guard, and the trebuchet. So the main thing about this is you don't have your named Gondorian heroes. So, so this, this is, is the purely for allying with non-wordering yeah, period armies. Kind of like the Sons yeah. of Aeol army, you'd ally with this one yeah, if you were going for right. a like a Kyrion and Aeol theme. It's great that they thought about theme in this book. I, like, I, really do, I do like the theme attempt is really good. Yeah. We have the fiefdoms next. So we have Prince Imrahil of Dol Amroth. We have Forlong the Fat. Angbor the Fearless, and your Captain of Dol Amroth. Yeah, I still don't understand why the others didn't have Captains. But anyway, what's in the Warriors? Knight of Dol Amroth. Yeah, he still has the option of the Armoured Horse, so he's a knight on foot, but oh well. Axeman of Lonarch, Man-at-Arms of Dol Amroth, Clansman of Lamadon, or Ranger of Gondor. Yeah. So I think the only thing that we've had added since then was Dwin here and his um yeah, his archers, Dwin here Black Vale. Black Vale archers, and also the Dol Amroth pikemen. Men in arms of Dol Amroth, are they uh, there? They're here, but they've got the option of pike. So oh, option of pike. You can have them just wandering around by themselves. I think they do have the option of pike in the real one as well. Yeah, no, they definitely do. Okay. Yeah. I don't play fiefdoms all that often, so oh, I'll take your word for it. Please, please take my word for it. <laughs> okay, uh, the army of the High King. 
We have a Lendil, we have a Zildor, and we have the Captain of Numenor. Captain of Numenor. Fantastic. And we also have the Warrior of Numenor. So this list is almost identical to the one... I would say it probably is. Yeah, yeah, it looks fairly... Warriors, one entry. One entry, bow, spear, shield, banner. Only needs one entry. That's Fantastic all Fantastic yeah. list. Great list. Yes. Next up, the Rangers of Athelion. We have Faramir, Captain of Gondor, Madril, Captain of Athelion, Kirin, Lieutenant of Amon Brand, Damrod, Ranger of Athelion, as well as your Captain Isn't of Minas Tirith. Isn't Amon Barad. Hang on. Yeah, Amon Barad. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Reading past a pop filter or whatever this thing's called. Amon Brad, mate. Yeah, Amon <laughs> Brad. It's truth. Um, Warrior of Minas Tirith, Ranger of Gondor, Osgiliath Veteran, Citadel Guard, without Fantastic option of list. horse. Crikey, I like that list. This is a good list. Really solid theme. Good, solid choice of guys. It's really nice. Of course, next up, we have the Dead of Dunharrow for the people who like options. Oh, I like options. King of the Dead, King no the options. Dead. Warrior of the Dead, no options. Rider of the Dead, no options. So this one's evolved a bit because you could put shields and banners and things on them. And, and you can lead them with different heroes. And yeah. Sort of thing. See, back in the day when you only needed one hero, it was fine that you took the King of the Dead. Yeah, it didn't you matter. Could, you could take heaps of warriors. But now with Warbands, it's really new to this list, I think. So, yeah, they've been dumped into the fiefdoms. Although, interesting, the riders weren't cavalry in this stage, but they were still really good. They were fast, they were basically objective runners, and they had terror on them. So they yeah. they did really well in some of the scenarios later on. Nowadays, it's quite difficult to keep them both themed and competitive. Yeah, you yeah. sort of, you, you straddle the line yeah. between the, theme yeah. and competitive. The Dead of Dunharrow had the theme where it's not really them fighting, it's more just everybody else screaming and, you know, running for running their lives, away, yeah. which it's is really okay. hard yeah. to get onto the tabletop. Yeah. So, oh well. Yeah, that ends a Gondor, doesn't it? Yeah. Now we're on to some pictures of Gondorians. What's our next category? The Dwarf Holds. The Dwarf Holds. So we have Durin's Folk, which looks fairly generic. There's the Dwarf King, there's the Dwarf Captain, Dwarf Warrior, Kazagard, Dwarf Blister. Yep, all standard stuff. All fairly standard. Can't see anything that... Nope. Would Next warrant one. talking about. Kazagdoom. Kazagdoom. We have Durin. Durin. We have Marden. Mm. And we have the Dwarf Captain. Yes. We have the Dwarf Warrior, mm-hmm. the Khazad Guard, yep. the Dwarf Tunnel Fighting Team, which for 25 points I'm assuming is a Vault Warden. Yeah, it's it's the old name for the Vault Warden, clearly. Iron Guard, Dwarf Ranger, and the Dwarven Ballista. So we got all this stuff. I don't think this was out at the time. So I think this is stuff that we did actually get on a supplement almost straight afterwards because they on, had the Tunnel yeah. Fighting Team. On the pictures, I can only see Khazad Guard and Dwarf Warriors. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we only had the Metal Dwarfs at this point. So maybe the Rangers, but we got some stuff for this one. So that was a good find. I don't think we had Durin and Marden at this point as well. I think we were lucky enough to get those oh, afterwards. Yeah. yeah, I think some of these came true and we got really excited. And yeah, some yeah, just yeah, didn't. I'm only seeing pictures of Dwarf Kings, so... Well, if, if, if you're only seeing Dwarf Kings and there are only Dwarf Kings. Yeah. Next oh, one. Next up, we have Erebor. Oh, no more dwarves. Just two dwarves. We have Dane, King oh, of no, Erebor. Yeah. yeah. We what have Balin. I don't know. We have Gimli, son of Gloin. Yep. And the Dwarf Captain. We have Dwarf Warriors, Khazagard, Iron Guard, Dwarf Ranger, Dwarf Blister. All fairly standard. Mm. That's pretty much the same and as that's, now. That's yeah. all it really needed. And then we're on to pictures of dwarves. That must be all the dwarves. Okay, read the next category. Champions of good. Champions of good. The assorted dregs that don't fit into In any other words, category. Misc. Oh. Okay, uh, first one. That stands for miscellaneous for those who don't know David's slang. The wild men of Duradan Forest. We have Garnbury Garn. Garnbury Garn. And the worst warrior. And the worst warrior. Next these th- might not have been out at the time as well. I think these might They've have got come a picture of Garn, but no picture of a worse. So yeah, I think this is when... Let's flip through. I think Legions... Not Legions. Um, what was the magazine called? 
the Battle uh, Games. Battle yeah. Games. I'm pretty Earth. sure Battle Games came out of Garn way before, before the Woes Warriors. Yes. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. That's why there's almost more Garns out there than there are Warriors. Yes, absolutely yeah, true. Next yeah, list. Definitely Next that. list, The Wanderers in the Wild. Yeah, who's in this? We have Gildor. We have Bilbo. Yep. We have Glorfendel, Murin and Dra, and Smeagol. So these are people you can just ally this in. This is so weird, wasn't it? Like, yeah. And they have the miscellaneous, like, they've got a nice list of allies, so. Yeah, I'd imagine yeah, so. Just throw yeah. throw one of them in. Throw like, Dr- Murin and Dra is such a funny one, because, like, they, they, they were up. designed as, yeah, they just go everywhere. They so showed up in a scenario. The idea was they were just, wa- they're wandering past, wandering dwarves, yeah. and they happen to, you know, get involved, so. so. Yeah. Next up, we have the wizards. Oh, wizards. How many wizards are there? Three of them. Oh. Saruman the White, Gandalf the Grey, Radagast the Brown. So not going to come out of the five. Three is not the correct number. James Five. Workshop. Five. Go on, what's the next one? I think the next one's my favourite. Eagles it? of the Misty Mountains. No, that's not it. We have Guahir. Yep. Landrovel. Landrovel, yes. Landrovel. And, and Melon... Meneldor. Yeah, Meneldor. Meneldor, yes. yes. Uh, I'm so disappointed we never got those two. As well as your great they Eagles. were super important. I won a trivia competition of that question you at did, one point. did, the trivia competition that I wrote the question I hardly called yeah. them important. They rescued Frodo. And he'd already I'd achieved his mission. I'd hardly call them important. They rescued Frodo. He'd already and achieved his mission. Uh, Purpose fulfilled. Yeah, but we he didn't still had to go him. back to the Shire. He had to rally the troops. He didn't out. help. He got in the well, way. They were available. There was a white dwarf ruling initially, and you could get guys to ride on them. They were like 50 points each. They were fantastic. and had might. They were so cheap. And this was the days you could ride on eagles. Just the disrespect here from David. He was a war hero. He saved Middle Earth. I mean, come on. Great names as well. Yes. True. Is this my favorite list, David? The Guardians of the Karok? Yes, yes, yes. We have Grimbeorn. 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 Son of Beorn, I believe. Yes, my yes that's right. That's and, right. of course, the Beornings. Of course, the Beornings. How many points are Beornings? I eight points for eight, a Beorning. Eight. Ah. That is such a bargain, because I assume they can all turn into bears. I assume they're you all like... You have to think so, yes. You have to think they're all the monster-sized ones yeah. for the Hobbit. So, I'm going to revise this list. I'm going to get... I've already got three Beorn models and two bears. So, I'm going to run one as Beorn. Then I'm going to run two, one as Grimbeorn, who I assume can turn into a bear as well. For 65 that points. points. Yeah, so. you'd think so. And then for eight points, I'm going to run a Beorn that can also turn into a bear. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Sounds yeah, a plan. I can't see anyone having a problem with, with No, that's my next minimize list. They can ally with the Fellowship, the Grey Company, a few others like that. So, I'm so disappointed. I, obviously, when the Hobbit came out, they, they said, no, nah, don't do this. But I would have loved to see the Beornings. Would have been cool. Still want to, but I don't think we're ever going to see them. Which brings us to the Armies of Evil. Okay. Take a breath. The Misty Mountains. The Misty Mountains. Moria. You fear to go into that okay. place. So go through and make sure we just... You get in the highlights of the list. These ones are pretty similar. Anything different in the first list? Uh, Durbas, so the Goblin King, Captains, Shamans. Yep, some Fairly stuff. standard warriors. Yeah, I don't think there's Gardram. anything else. They Prowls. got a Bat Swarm for 20 yeah. points. Yep, Bat Swarms used to be able to go in the caves. Yep. Do they have the, um, the Wag... What's the Wag Marauder? Uh, no. No, that came afterwards. On to Angmar. We've got Birder, that's the troll, Barat, Wild Wild Chieftain, and the Shade. The interesting thing about this one is you get no Orc Captains in this list. Yeah. So you've got Orcs in this list, but no Orc Captains. And no Gulivar as well. No. No Gulivar. Ooh. So we're st- we're stuck. We'll see him we'll later see, on. We'll see him, yeah. Yeah. We have Orc Warriors, Trolls, Spectres, Wags. Yep. So fairly standard there. Good mix of troops. The Dwellers Below. The Dwellers Below. Which is your Goblin Captain and your Wild Wag Chieftain. Leading Goblins, Trolls, Giant Spiders, and Wild Wag. This was rumoured, like, there's a few lists here that you have to be really good at the game to play if you want pure of them. And this was one of those ones that people didn't trust at the time. 
But in hindsight, they're actually pretty good. Things I like think this was a personal favourite of yours, wasn't it, David? I think I used it as an ally to get some spiders in sort of mm. thing, more than actually as one I played. But but it's a solid list. It just I doesn't did like have a lot spiders. of tricks we had. Yeah. It's the perfect place for a Druzag. Druzag, is that the, the summoner? Yeah, but yeah. I don't think... He was not. He wasn't uh, around. He wasn't stage. around. No, that would have been the fir- perfect place to throw him. What's next? What's next is we're, we're on to pictures of goblins. That's the end of the Dwellers Below. Uh, I, l- I love talking about pictures in an audio podcast. Yes. So we're on to Isengard. The Isengard Raiders. We've got Lurtz. We've got Ugluk. We've got Rasku, Sharku, and the Yurikai Captain. This is pretty much Danny's list from, from the from last Masters, Masters, yes. Yeah. Yurikai Scouts, Wild Riders, Feral Yurikai. So a pure scout list, nice. Pure scout list, yes. And the Feral Yurikai were there. They, were, they came out in Two Towers book, I believe. They've been yeah, out for a while. Yeah, they were out for a long time. The next one. Uh, the Legions of the White Hand. So this is the big one. Saruman. Yep. Grimmer Wormtongue. Yurikai Captain. Yurikai Shaman. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, we have the Scouts, the Warriors, the Berserkers, the Orcs, the Isengard Troll, the Assault Blister, the Demo Team. So It's a full siege all list stuff of we've got. It, it was the Battle of Helm's Deep list. Yes. Yeah. Although no Dunland. Well, and Saruman. Dunland there, comes but, next. Yeah. Dunland, yes, Dunland. Dunland. Which Short means list, isn't it? Royal Blood Chieftain of Dunland. Royal Blood Chieftain. This was one of those lists I got so excited about. Regular oh. Chieftain of Dunland. Wow. Wild Man Chieftain. Yep. So now, they got the three tiers of that. Chieftain. Yeah, we three used to have two of them, but now we've only got one. So Ooh. we've got the Dunland Warrior, the mm-hmm. Wild Man of Dunland, the Royal Blood Huskarl. Royal Blood Huskarl. The Dunland Berserker. Berserkers. And the Dunlanding Horseman. Oh, Dunland Horseman. So much cool stuff. So I, I I was hanging out for the Rohan versus Dunland supplement, the one that you got Helm Hammerhand beating up on the Dunland in this book so much, and it just never came. Such a disappointment. Mm-hmm. That's the end of Dunland. On to Sharky's Rogues. Sharky's Rogue. I played this list. It's a great list. So we have Sharky and Worm. Mm-hmm. We have Bill Fernie. Yes, Bill Fernie. And we Fernie. have the Wild Man Chieftain. No rules for Bill Fernie. Wild Man Chieftain Comes and in Sharky. at 15 points. So. Oh, well. um, the Wild Man of Dunland, the Ruffian, the Orc Warrior, and the Wild Wag. Yeah, this was a spam evil list. No allies. May not take allies. No allies. So this was the versus the Shire one. I think I played in some small tournaments, and it was very effective at the time because you just hoarded lots and lots of guys and took lots of Wild Man Chieftain and things. So... It was it was a reasonably reasonably powerful list actually. Okay, again, we're on to pictures. That's the end of Isengard, the Bastions of the Dark Lord. Yeah, Mordor and other Here words. we go. Carathungal, Shagrat, Gorbag, Mordor Yurikai Captain, Orc Shaman, Orc Captain, and Shelob. So Tienan's lists may not Shelob may not be your leader. Yes. So can't be anyway. So never mind. And this was the old Shelob before she got buffed like twenty times. Only only two times here. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was only moderately amazing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We've got the Orc Warrior, the Wild Rider, the Yurikai, the Mordor Siegebow, the Orc Tracker, the Troll, and the War Catapult. Lots of options. And yeah, they've all got their standard options. And I think the Mordor options are all pretty similar, aren't they? Yeah. Just go through the themes, I guess. The Black Gate was a personal favourite of mine. Yeah, this is the Miranda Mouth, Orcs, wasn't it? Mouth of Sauron, Shaman, Yurikai Captain, and the Mordor Troll Chieftain. Yes, of course. And it had the Moran and Orcs, the Mordor Yurikai, the Mordor Troll, some trackers, and a catapult if you're feeling like it. No Orcs, though. Interesting. No. It's the Black Gate. There are no room for Orcs here. Uh, go away, Orcs. <laughs> we don't want you here. <laughs> we don't like you. Anyway. Dog Eldor. We've got the Necromancer. This list is amazing. This is the best list. We have the Orc Shaman. Yes. The Orc Captain. Yes. The Spider Queen. Yes. The Castellans, back when they were 65 points each. Mm-hmm. And the Wild Wag Chieftain. Yes. And what do we have in Warriors, David? Orc Warrior. Orc Warrior. Giant Spider. Giant Spider? Bat Swarm. Bat 
Wild Wild. Wild Wild. Werewolf. 50 points. Stop. Stop. What was Read that, David? The what werewolves. Werewolves. They were all wiped out in the early ages of the world, but apparently one survived to appear in this book. Yes. And what else do we have? Black-hearted trees. Also Black 50 points. trees. So again, they would have a very similar profile to Huons, we would imagine. I imagine. Same points, so most likely. Yep. Uh, we've got a war catapult, just in case, and the Mordor troll again. Werewolves. Werewolves and evil trees. Uh, I think way back in maybe 2007, I think when this book came out, is that right? 06, 07, something I'm like that. I'm pretty sure, but go on yeah. that. I, uh, I actually, I was so excited by the idea of werewolves, I went and wrote my own profile. It was terrible. It was completely overpowered and ridiculous, but it was some of the most fun I had with this book was just coming up with ideas for what these models were eventually yeah. going to be, and they just never turned up. Werewolves were cool in the Silmarill. That. It was Sauron yeah. was the werewolf lord. It was him was, and his flunkies, yeah. and they just went right. He turned into a werewolf, didn't he? At one I stage. I think he did have Because there was a prophecy yeah. that said only the strongest werewolf, and he went, who's stronger than me? I will make myself a werewolf and mm. fulfill the prophecy. Oh, we so got to do a similar early episode. Or maybe. Oh, yes. Okay, what's that next? That would take a while. Minas Morgul. Minas Morgul. So we've got Gothmorg, because, you know, he was passing through. We've got Grishnak, the orc captain, and the black Numenorean marshal. Warriors, orc, spectre. Black Numenorean, Morgul Knight, Morgul Stalker, Black Numenorean Catapult, and the Orc Tracker. So these are some of the favourites in the list that people use quite a bit, the, the Stalkers and the Spectres and things. Very popular list. I remember this one being popular right from the start. Oh, yes. Um, we have Baradur, the Dark Lord Sauron himself. Yes. The Mouth of Sauron. Yep. The Orc Shaman and the Orc Captain. I really like this, this one here because it gives you a really good idea for Second Age stuff. We have Orc Warrior, Wag Rider, Orc Tracker, Ran and Orc, and the Siege Bow and the War Catapult. Yes. Yeah, so it had a bit of everything. Yep. So these are your cheaper ranked warriors. So oh, you got them around Black Numenorians. No so I wonder if they were around at the Second Age. No, they probably wouldn't have been because they were against Numenorians. There's always been fight. Yeah, maybe. Early Second Age, no. Late Second Age, yes. So just Yeah, depends. there would have been some. And we're on to pictures, which means we're also on to the Eastern Realms. First up, we have the Eastlings. Kalmur the Eastling, just because. The Eastling King and the Eastling Captain. Can I just oh. see that? Eastling King. Kamal the Eastling. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, that was the name you said there. <laughs> Interesting. So this is a pretty standard list. The, the the big one that everyone talks about here is the Armoured Horse. I think it was one point when they first wrote it. So misprint there is actually a 15. So they picked that up in the FQ&A. Yeah. yeah. Dragon Guard was a warrior, not a... Um, the Dragon Knight became yeah, a hero option. But dragon, yeah. dragon Guard. I, I'm still disappointed they don't have a Dragon Guard. I really, the Black Guard. I, I really would have liked an elite Eastling model, like yeah. infantry model. Now, while I've got the books, I'm going to go through these next names. Oh, no. So I'm going to give you a breast. Mm-hmm. The Variags of Khan. And we've been playing a lot of these lately. Kylie's painted up her army of them. They look amazing. They have uh, Kei Semu. Kei Semu? Ra- yeah. Kei Semu. Ra- Ravenger of Athelion. Now, this one we believe was actually mentioned in The Shadow in the East. So it was yeah. the hero in The Shadow in the East, and I think they actually made the model for it. I think it might have even said it on the model, but that became the Carnage King, which is another entry for it. So we've got that. We've got the Carnage King. We've got the Carnage Chieftain. Carnage Charioteer, Horseman Warrior, all the same. Can ally with pretty much everything, including, like, the Dwellers Below and things like that, so they can go into caves. They're, they're mercenaries. Mm-hmm. But then you've got Carnage Mercenaries. Which are the mercenaries of the and mercenaries. And they can ally with all evil armies, which is interesting because you've got the Sharkies rogues cannot ally, and these guys can ally with them. These were the meta mercenaries of their yeah. time. So you have a mercenary chieftain, a, a Kandish horseman, a Kandish warrior. Now, 
that doesn't say the rules here, which is unfortunate. The rules for these guys were, were silly. You basically put them on the battlefield. They were a few points cheaper than they should have been. They yep. had extra fight, but there was a one in six chance they just didn't show up. Yeah, no, so they were unabashedly undercosted, but then there was a luck element to yeah. how many yes. of them you actually got. So, especially since you only need to take one hero, you would end up with one chieftain, a pile of warriors, and you couldn't use might on the roll, so there's one six chance your chieftain left, and that was just you hoped your stupidly undercosted warriors showed up. Yeah. But they weren't really that undercosted. Like the, the warriors are seven points compared to seven points. The, the horsemen are nine it. points in compared to eleven. Okay, so there you've got a little I, bit I remember of value. the horsemen being pretty ridiculous. Because good. they were they were and I think the chieftain was quite a bit cheaper no, too. No, no, forty it? points compared to But 50. they had the fight buff over the other chieftain and this was before striking so a 1.5 buff yeah, was that, all you that's needed right. they were actually better than the regular yeah, warriors I still as well think it, the points weren't appropriate i think you ended up like with some some rolls it, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't done properly the maths you never done you right. never actually saw them because no one was willing to put their chance on that one in six roll that they wouldn't show up but and once again we've got example lists throughout which look really cool but i don't know they weren't they weren't the same as the time they almost look like warband lists a lot of the times we move on to Harrod, and I'm going to have to give this over to David because David is a massive Harrod fan. The Southlands. First up, we have the Serpent Horde itself, led by Saladin, the Serpent Lord. The Serpent Lord Saladin. And he's got his Haradrim Chieftains, his Mumakil of Harad, and his Hasharan. Yep. Both very nice entries, by the way. But not all the options in the Mumakil, is it? It's got no options listed. It just says Mumakil. Yep. Moving on, we have the Haradrim Warrior, the Haradrim Raider, the Watcher of Kana, the Serpent Rider, and the Serpent Guard. Mm. Trying to remember if they had models for those at the time. They might not have. I think the Harrod book came afterwards. I can't see any pictures of them, so I'm no, assuming I'm they sure came later. Any other lists from Harrod? Next up, we have regular Harad, which yep. is your king, your chieftain, your Hisharan, your warrior, your raider, and your watchers of Kana. So pretty simple. And there was another one, wasn't there? Far Harad. Far Harad. This is where you I get love this list. your Muhud king, Yep. your Muhud tribe master, mm-hmm. your Mumak of Far Harad, which it costs extra points because it had the, the. It comes with the chieftain. Yes. And has the option of task weapons. Yep. You have the Mahud warriors, the Mahud raiders, and of course the eleven point half troll. Now this was before they came out. So how much points were the actual Mahud warriors? Uh, five points from Mahud warrior. Yep. So when optional they actually came pipe, out, optional shield. When they came out, they're about ten points. So this is before the actual Harrod book came out. I believe there was a model for the Mahud chieftain on Mumak, and that was it. That was it at this point. Yes. Moving on, we have the Corsair Fleets. The Corsair Fleets. We have Dalmir, Fleet Master of Albumbar. Yep, he came out. We have a Corsair Captain. Yep. And the Corsair Boson. All good. What about Warriors? Corsair of Ambar. Yes. Corsair no of Re- Corsair Reaver. Yep. Corsair Abalester. Abalester, that came out. Yes, and the Corsair Ballister. Aha. Uh-huh. With options for extra crewmen and uh-huh. flaming ammunition. Yeah, so a siege weapon for the Corsairs. That would be really cool. It didn't come out, unfortunately. Next up, we have the Umbar list. The Umbar list. Now, I missed this one. This is basically the city of Umbar list. So, you've got, like, the the assassins and you've got some Corsairs and things in it. What have we got? Corsair Captain, Corsair Boson, yep. Haradrim Chieftain, and, of course, a Hosharan. Mm. Because you'll find them in Umbar. You will. Warriors, we've got the Corsairs of Umbar and the Haradrim Warrior. So, it's a fairly generic any time period list. Yeah, I like it, though. It gives you some really good theming ideas. And we're on to pictures of Mumak. So, that's the end of the Southlands. Oh. Yep. And we're on to the Champions of Evil, which again is a miscellaneous odd box. The whoever. Champions of Evil. Who are the Champions of Evil? First, we have the Monsters of Middle-Earth list. Yeah, fantastic list. Monsters of Middle-Earth. Who were our monsters at the time? We have a Balrog. A Balrog. 
a dragon with dragon. his standard options. Yep. The cave drake. Yes. The stone giant. Stone giant. You may have spotted them in the first Hobbit movie. 250 points. You can pick one up. Right bargain, I think. Mm. And, of course, we have Guilavere, the Terror of Arnor. Yep. So, Stone Giant is the big omission here. They were a funny one, because they were actually released for War of the Ring, weren't they? Yeah, they had War of the Ring rules. Yeah. But they no never model. actually but no model, of model. course. No, no. But the rules were there. You so. read of them in the book, they sounded a bit smaller than they turned it out in the movie, so... Yeah, they were literally the, the size like of mountains in the yeah. movie, so... Which makes more sense from what they're talking about, but... It does. I like, always thought they were a bit of an exaggeration, like it sounded like they were Stone Giants. I didn't actually think they were real. Yeah, uh, it was Gandalf more of a does, metaphor. Really, no, Gandalf did talk about making deals with them in the past. So Gandalf okay. has chatted to them, yeah. but that's about all we've got. I don't, I don't trust that guy. I don't recall that particular conversation. He oh. talks a lot of stuff. Yeah. So it, how much do you trust Gandalf? Not much at all. Okay. That, moving Ill on. Ill news. We have the Nazgul. The Nazgul. The Witch King of Agmar. The Witch King. With his optional points costs, ring rates. And, of course, Kamal the Easterling. Yep, so pretty pretty light on. We didn't have all the named ones at this point. I think they came out shortly after this, didn't they? Uh, quite a, a little mm. bit afterwards. Yeah, a lot of the books came out afterwards. Okay, next up, we're on to scenarios. Okay, so just a quick, quick discussion on those lists. So those lists turned out to be right for almost no time at all, unfortunately. There were some great ideas there, but they were always incomplete, and some still are incomplete, or they got updated with models that didn't exist then. So it was really unfortunate that that they came out with army lists that were pretty well useless, but they gave you points, but no rules. So if you had rules, you could convert the models. The fact that it gave you points and no rules is a bit, I just thought it was a bit silly. I really think the book was symptomatic of a lot of what GW was doing at the time, which is sort of having all these grand ideas and just not following through with it. Yeah, because we got War of the Rings shortly after this, and it basically killed strategy battle game for a little while. So they, they threw out a bunch of books afterwards, then decided to totally change tact and... Yeah, it's really unfortunate that some of these models never saw the light of day. But they're not always lost. The scenarios. The scenarios were solid. Yes. Um, there's a list of it appears to be twelve scenarios here. Yep. So we've got scenarios. You used to roll one die and then another die to pick up what they are. Let's go through them. A few pictures of how to deploy terrain. And first scenario, Storm the Camp. Storm the Camp was fantastic. In this scenario you basically had to run to your opponent's deployment area while they had to get to yours. And, and it was across corners. Yes, so it was corners, yeah. It was a corner deployment zone. You had to have more models in the opponent's deployment zone than they had. Yes. So it was the one where you could throw your whole army forward and only leave a token guard or you could split your force. Or just Tactically, this is a personal favourite. Yeah, just I immediately pulled, decisions. You pulled some crazy wins out with heroic combats. Yes. And like, oh, we're balanced, but if I can throwing weapon you with this throwing weapon, then I'll have the numeric advantage. And when you got fights in both camps, it was just it was oh, perfect. Yeah, yep. yep. You could also, some people I found played this really defensively and just never went after the other camp, but I just thought that was a waste but of time. Then you're yeah. fighting for a draw. So. Yeah, exactly. A lot, some people did. Yep. Okay, next is Contest of Champions. Had the slight drawback of if they took Aragon and you took, I don't know, Paladin took, you were in all kinds of trouble. This was your champion had to kill more than their champion. Yes. It was your heroes. The problem with this one was it turned down to a lot of times being whoever can kill the other person's hero won. So mm. you, you killed them off really quickly. Although I've had some fantastic games, this one, where we we put the whole army designed to kill the model. So it's a good scenario. It just was, it was lacking a secondary objective, I thought. I think some of my, probably the best games I had in the Legions period were actually Contest of Champions. So it could turn out really well, but there were definitely flaws to it. Yeah, it meant a lot of your models meant nothing at all. But it yeah. did reward you for taking your big hero. Next one is Ill Met by Moonlight. This is the version where you deploy 
I believe, half your army right in the opponent's face and the other half sort of wanders on from the back yeah. of the board somewhere. So this is for the Shakespeare fans, of course. And the the way you played this one, you had only a 12-inch visibility because it was by moonlight. But, but... Shooting attacks? Because it was by moonlight, your shooting attacks were more lethal. I don't know why this is. But maybe it's to do with the air pressure or something. I'm not sure. It claims it's harder to dodge the shooting in the dark. Because, of so course, you you're dodging one to wound. That makes so much sense. Yes. Yep. Yeah, plus one to wound. So this meant throwing weapons were lethal in this scenario. And it, it was also fought to the wipeout as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Nah. Yes. Not a fan. No, I, I really... I had some fantastic games with this one because basically at the time, a lot of the tactics were to deploy really far back and shoot and, and there, but this one forced you to close in. So you had the opportunity to get into combat. So you had to actually play some maneuver and things, and it, it turned out really well. Like, your shooting was still lethal. It's because of the plus to wound, but it was very short range, so you got it for a lot less. So, I actually, I really like this scenario. The, the background makes no sense whatsoever, but it had some fantastic games. I think it. the weirdest game I saw of this was there was an Avenger bolt fire deployed right in the middle, but they had some, like, powerful hero with it, and they were trying to clear up the first half of the army to clear the arc of fire for the bolt fire to focus on the second half that was coming towards them. It was just this desperate race to clear the gun, ready for action. Oh, nice. With a 12-inch visibility, that was, that was tough. Oh, yeah. Not many shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, anyway. I've just never really been a fan of the wipeout condition. I've had mm-hmm. too many tournament games where you but needed a wipeout, and it's just never The high finished, king of so. the elves just wanders around not caring. Yeah. yeah I don't <laughs> With his courage seven or whatever. Yeah. I also, like, this is, I like some of these for just casual games as well, so mm-hmm. more so than I like the current ones. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's a really good casual scenario because you can yeah. you can have a lot of fun with it. You can muck around with it. But in a tournament setting, which mm-hmm. unfortunately some TOs decided to use it for, just didn't work. Mm-hmm. I think it was just because they didn't put enough time in the game usually. Yeah. I don't think it was anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Also, Ill Met by Moonlight's one that it's a name that was used a couple of times, as is the next one, Domination. Domination. Yeah. This is an old school domination where you had, I think, four objectives. Four terrain features are designated as objectives. Yeah. To okay. win, you have to hold three of them. For a major win, you have to hold all four and of these terrain so pieces. so hard. And we took a long time to work out how to beat this one. And basically, you were in corners. So you had one, there were two that were contested. But people would put a, like a very small guard on the back one. And if you charged your army before them, pretended you're going for the sides, and then ran to their back one, you could often trap one of their objectives and end up with your whole army against one side of their force and manage to get this one. The problem I found with this one was it's a once a player breaks, start rolling to see if the game ends. Yeah, you've got to be very... So you take two, they take two, and then you've got to push past the enemy a lot of the times without killing them, which is the tricky part. I remember just failing that or uh, you just crush them and hope. Many times. It, it ended up with lots of draws because people didn't go for yeah. objectives and didn't know yeah. when to shield and things like that. Mm. Next up, we have meeting engagement, which is the standard try and get in there, try and break them. Yeah, this is a pretty, pretty standard one. Next up, the killer king, which is slay the enemy's leader before they slay you. Yeah, kill the enemy's leader, which made for some interesting scenarios, actually, I found, because the yeah. leaders often went really Game ends at the turn when one of the leaders is slain. Yeah, so this one, you could end it really early, especially if you had a leader that was trying to kill another leader, but I didn't mind the scenario. It wasn't too bad. It was it was okay if you had mid to high points heroes as leaders. If someone had taken a low points leader, they just didn't engage. Yeah, but you still and went and, and <laughs> eventually yeah. fought your way through and got to them, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it meant you had to go through everything. Yeah, you're right. There were some bad games where someone took like Denethor and then like eighty warriors of Gondor. Yeah, those and just... those spam lists just really didn't help with this one. Yeah, and that was as much about the the actual list design rather than the scenarios. I thought. Start. We have the high ground, which looks fairly like it does now. There's a hill in the middle. There's gusting winds. Except these ones knock everyone over. 
who's on the hill. Yeah, this is a bad idea. So What's I've the obsession with hills? Get avoid over hills. taking the hill with cavalry. Because Stop designing scenarios of hills. I think it was pretty much the only terrain feature they actually sold at the time. Oh, yes. So that's one probably hill, why they had so many hills there. One hill, the larger the better. Place it right in the middle of the battlefield. <laughs> mm. Yeah, look. Oh, and, and then you go to a games workshop for a game, and they have that Citadel Hill, and it's an absolute nightmare. You it's just all your models as big as it could oh. be. It was rather small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You certainly didn't need to draw a priority for them to fall over. It was actually a very interesting scenario because you had to save your might for that turn when everyone got knocked over, and then you had to yeah, call the heroic move and to. knock them over. So you got some really dynamic games, but I just I hate the hill feature. So it's not a bad scenario, but it was it was a nasty one. Take and hold. Looks like it's the where you wander on from all over the place. But this one was better because you had your own deployment zone and then you had the flanks. So some models came on the flanks, but you had control over it. So you knew that in your own deployment zone, no one was ever showing up there. So you had some protection. Whereas the new one, it's you can get someone right in your face first turn. So I actually like this one better, although it was to take a long time because to Because they roll, moved roll on the individually. Individuals, yeah. But it also meant that the first few rolls of the game didn't, didn't completely like change it. No, the, the the new one can be over in two turns, yes. whereas this one... The idea is, since you're throwing more dice, it should even out, like you're yeah. going to roll. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. it does, yeah. yeah, you do get the, you get the majority of force in your own deployment zone, and they walk over, and then there's some skirmishes on the side. Right. Next up, to the death. Unlike the current to the death, this is actually a wipeout scenario. Actually, to the death. A little bit boring, but... Yeah, no, it right. was just get in there, wipe them out, do yeah. it fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple. Clash of piquettes. We spent some... While trying to figure out how to pronounce this one. Any ideas, Matt? Piquet. I think it's Piquets, yeah. Clash of Piquets, okay. Or Clash of Piquet. Clash of Piquet. Oh, possibly, yeah. yeah. There's an S. Oh, well. Um, I can't actually remember this one. I think it's you get half your army and the other half wanders on later. Yeah, yeah, it's a reinforcing one. You start with half your army and then the other blokes show up. Next up, we have Reconnoiteur, Reconnoiteur, or Reconnoiteur. <laughs> I don't know. We Googled about five ways to pronounce this one. So. Yeah, Nick, who we've had on the podcast, is very sure it's a Reconnoiteur, a French. But we actually, we asked we asked Dr. Google, and the Google said that Reconnoiteur is okay as well. So, um, I don't know. I, I think we're going to go with Nick, because he sounded convincing, whereas Google, I'm not sure what the advice. If it's on the internet, it must be true. Reconnoiteur, Reconnoiteur. It's probably originally French, and then uh, the English just picked up the word and started using it. So have their own pronunciation. I like this scenario. I actually like this one probably better in this edition rather than the... No, as in the Legion's edition. You actually had to get models one. off. You got rewarded for getting models off. That was the only condition. No break, no leader kill. Get models off, get more than your opponent. And it was hard in those days. You had to really work to get the models off. Game ends when someone's quartered. So it was... you. You broke through desperately because a lot of games ended as a draw because neither player wanted to break through. They all held together and grounded out in the middle. So. And oftentimes, you just send your hero off. Like, Don't worry. Send your hero off and break your army. I think the issue was that they, they had these big tournaments in the UK and some people took a few fell beasts and that was their list. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that broke this scenario horribly. And then they just overly complicated it to try and fix the issue. And, just totally the and it ruined is, the scenario. Why... Why did they respond Fail Beast in Reconnoiteur, but not respond to Fail Beast in Seize the Prize? Because yeah. they brought Seize the Prize back yeah. and they haven't done anything. I think like all games company, you listen to a very vocal minority. So the people in the you talk in your ear, you listen to and you miss some other stuff. Most likely, yeah. Because, yeah, next up we have Seize the Prize, which is there's an objective in the middle. Get to it, secure it, get back to your own deployment zone. This is the only one I'm going to say was an absolute fail because it was literally just race to the middle. 
Mm-hmm. If you got to the middle first, you were fine. If you got to, ha- if you had to get it across the board and get it to the other person's deployment zone, that would have made sense. It would have been better. Yeah. But this way, if you took cavalry and the opponent didn't, you were guaranteed a win. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. you just walked up there, you picked it up with your infantry, you walled them off, and then run backwards. And it didn't matter what died. There was no reward for for keeping things alive. So. Literally throw away your whole force while a couple blokes run off. If the you're both the same speed, it was the 50-50 dice roll for the planet to see who got on, who got the heroic move off. And who would walk past it. So what you do is you just walk past the objective and then your backline picked it up and ran backwards. Yep, mm-hmm. just wall it off. Easy, easy win. That's the last of the scenarios. Some of these scenarios I think are still worth putting in there and I think worth combining with the new ones and just change the rules up a bit. But I really like that they were... They, the one objective means you had to go for the objective. You could not get and mm-hmm. avoid it by just breaking the opponent and killing their leader, which I think we, we get too much of now. Yes. We're on to the Appendix 1, which is the train generators for your randomized gaming enjoyment. I really like this section. It's one that we've never used, but the boards, the ideas are fantastic. So this is the end of the book. We've got a series of different locations in Middle Earth, and Matt's going to read us through this and have a look at the different locations and talk about some of the terrain features. So what's our first location, Matt? Okay, we start off with the civilized realms, Gondor, Rohan, and the Shire. Mm-hmm. So for all of these, you would roll two dice uh, a number of times. I'm not sure exactly how many, but you, you'd uh, roll a number of times based on how popular you want your board There's to be. There's a with list terrain. elsewhere. It's based largely on board size. Yeah, so yeah, four by yeah. four board, it's D6 by four is the minimum. Okay, there we go. So uh, for the civilized realms, we had on the result of a two, you'd place a lake. Uh, you decide whether it's impassable or whatever. We don't really know if it's... Um, we don't need to know the numbers. Just read out the terrain. Okay, cool. So the next result, river or stream, then there were barrows, field boundaries, woods, low hill or woods on the most common result on the seven, low hills on an eight, small buildings, a village, which is D3 plus one buildings, and as well as D6 sections of field boundaries. So that would be uh, obstacles these days. And the last two results were a ruin and a marsh. So you had a small chance of getting, say, a lake, a marsh, a river, a stream, a ruin, and much larger chance of having sort of a village section, lots of woods, lots of buildings, that sort of thing. I really like these for a terrain collection idea. So you just look at this and say, this is my location, this is the terrain I need, go. So it was good that way. And they've, they've made some nice looking boards for the next one. Yeah, it was definitely well organized. The next one was the wild places. And this is the kind of one that everyone would do a little bit of this sort of terrain. So you'd have... Your field boundaries, less common, river or stream, marsh, scrubland. The more common results were woods, ruins, and ruined settlements, which was just a number of ruins as well as the field boundaries. And then finally, the low hill, a can, which was just a pile of stones and boulders, usually impassable, and a crag, a rocky, out, uh, an outcrop of craggy rock. So, yeah, again, that was just kind of the same sort of deal. You'd have this general idea of there's going to be ruins there's going to be woods and then there's a few other sort of ideas with the can the crag the river or stream that sort of thing so evocative of middle earth like these sort of ideas i just see and I, i'm just picturing the hobbit movie now where they're all going through on the ponies and i'm, I'm seeing these boards in my head it looks and wonderful and yeah yeah really good so the next one along is the desolation mordor angmar and isengard and i think this was my favorite one the one i really wanted to do unfortunately never got around to but they had the lava flow, the can, a marsh, scrubland, spoil heaps, which were piles of waste materials, which was, I thought that's like, cool. definitely uh, brought to mind Isengard yeah. in particular for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rocky ridge or spoil heap on the seven. Rocky ridge, crag, ruin, 
mine workings, which they had uh, pictures of here. Heaps. Yeah, they were fantastic. And mining complex on a 12, which was D3 plus one pieces of scaffolding and or orc huts to represent a mining complex. Roll a D6 on a four plus, place a spoil heap in base contact with one of the other terrain pieces. Very nice. Randomly generated spoil heaps. Brilliant. Yeah. It's funny how that's the rare one, and then it's, it's easily the most... I'm not a fan of uh, the, the the lava flow and things, but I do like the other stuff. It could be a flow of toxic, you know, water or anything that kills you, I believe, is the idea. It's a flow of something deadly. Yeah, I, I know. I, I'm... I just feel like lava, we're so close to it on the battlefield that if we were that close, we'd probably burn up You anyway. would just die, yes, straight up. But, you know, that's okay. As you say, David, a toxic stream or something similar to that. Yeah, I like, well. I like that better. Orc yeah. waste stream, yeah. Yeah. So, the next one along is the Eastern Steppe. So, this is Rune and Khan, the Easterlings. Rune and Khan. We have rivers and streams, a marsh, a ruin, low hills, medium hills, medium hill or rocky get high hills? Get rocky hills. ridge. So, pretty much all of the uh, raised sort of platforms that you could possibly want. Uh, the next one along is a village, so a Kandish or Easterling village. A large building, such as a Dwarven Keep or Easterling Temple. That's an mm. interesting one. The, the village, by the way, is the same as the Rohan village or yes. the previous villages. So, the large temple, um, on a roll of a 4+, plus, place D3 sections of field boundaries so that they are touching the building. So, you could sort of get a, a oh, whole like thing a, there. Yeah, yeah, like almost a siege temple. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last two are a can and a crag again. Yeah, nice. I'm going to read the next ones. Okay. I'm going to give you a rest for that. Thank so you. <laughs> the next ones we have are the Woodland Realms, my favorite, Lothlorien, Fangorn, and Mirkwood. So, here we had a marsh. Marshes. In the woods, why not? A river or stream. I like the streams in the woods. I think that looks fantastic. We have a ruin. So, probably covered in trees, but definitely a ruin. Scrubland, a wood. A wood or low hill? Get past low hill. Low hill? Go away, low hill. Forest! Finally a forest! Now, forest should be the most common thing. Unfortunately, it's... In a it's, forest board. It really doesn't make sense that it's, it's not. It says one entry. You're supposed to re-roll doubles, so you only end up with one forest. Are you? I, I didn't Actually, know. No, it's optional. Yeah. So you but, can right. choose not to. I think it's just because your collection. But not enough woods. It should have been woods on a seven. On a nine. Come on. Come on. It should be on two entries. Anyway, a small building, a large building, and a village. So... It's, we're more likely, after all that, to get buildings than we are forests. So it's the edge of a forest. It, we're not in the forest. It almost ends up just being the we're civilized on the edge of the forest. Again. Yeah, right. yeah they've, they've missed a trick there. They needed another Just mix around entry. the numbers, I'd say, and you fix that. I think so. I think, yeah. I think, yeah get forest. rid of that low hill. Or just add yes. some forests to start off with, then start rolling. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that would work. Then you have the roof of the world, the Misty Mountains and Erebor. So mountains here. And in our mountains, we have lakes. We have cans. Woods. Woods on a four, almost more likely than the woodland realms. Scrubland, rocky outcrops. Rocky Ridge or rocky outcrops? I like it on number seven. You can choose rocky ridge, a crag, a ruin, mine workings, mm. and a mine complex. Very similar to the Isengard one. I was waiting for you to say rocky road in there. So yeah, I was, I was getting rocky hungry. Ridge. For those who don't know, in Australia, rocky road is basically you go and you get a whole bunch of different lollies, put them together, and then pour chocolate on them. Yeah. It's mostly, marsh- ma- mostly marshmallow marshmallows, nuts. Yeah. nuts. Yeah, we don't get as much anymore that everyone's allergic to nuts, but that's alright. But we can remember. We can remember those terrible days. <laughs> the southern wastes of Harrod. So here we have the watering hole. So instead of instead of a lake, it's a watering hole now. A small lake. A can. A wood. Once again, woods being very likely. Unlike in the deserts. No, it's the numbers are. It's slightly less likely. Not much. 
scrubland, rocky outcrops, low hills, or rocky outcrops, go away, low hills. Low hill, again, stop doing low hills. I've said this many times, stop doing low hills, and the book's not listening to me. A sand dune, which is like a low we hill. You should write to Games Workshop and tell them. <laughs> sand dunes have been poor. <laughs> a ruin, an encampment, and quicksand. Quicksand's good. So quicksand, a soft yeah, and shifting cool. mass of sand that easily engulfs those who walk upon it. It would normally be considered as impassable terrain, although players can ag- agree to apply special rules to it if they wish. And of course you would. Yeah, of course yeah. you would. It's but even sand. just having <laughs> an area of impassable terrain that's not blocking any line of sight, you can yeah, shoot over it, but not, not look into it. That's good. Now, we get to the part of the book that is probably my least favorite part. Our second appendix is frequently asked questions. Why put frequently asked questions inside a book when you can just make it in the rules? I don't get it. More the point, it's not normally FQ&A is about the previous book. This one has FQ&A'd its own book. Yeah, so like they've got some things like, this supplement doesn't contain any profiles. Where can I find the rules for my miniatures? This is where we met our deadline, so we couldn't be bothered putting numbers in. Depending on the model in question, profiles can be found in the main rules manual, the Lord of the Rings strategy ba- battle game source books, or on www.gamesworkshop.com, blah, 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 blah. This also has a complete list of gaming supplements which contain profiles. It's worth noting that at the say, at the time of printing, not all the troops were listed in the supplement are available. Really? And the next question, I'm not going to read all of them, but this is funny. Not all troops are available. Then why have you put them in there? They, they have a conversation in their own. Do we want a different voice to the answer? So, or are so we arguing with ourselves? Here? They've got a question and answer about their first question. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the meta questions. I could have limited any armors to those models currently available, but this would have, amongst other things, made Legion of the Middle Earth obsolete almost as soon as it was released. Yes, if that didn't happen already. <laughs> At least they tried, though. Which would make oh. some of the armors look a little odd. Everything listed in this supplement will become available over the next few years. Lies. True. Lies. Like, since there were no worse worries, you would have Garn Brugan sitting there by himself in his own army list. I think I've just realized where all my trust issues stem from. Yeah, this is actually yeah. done by Matt Ward. So one of Matt Ward's yeah, lower Matt. products. The next question. <laughs> like, <laughs> when were they going to come out? How do I find out what is available? This so, is my favorite answer. This is like a discussion. Keep track of the ever-growing range of Lord of the Rings miniatures for information on new releases. Check out White Dwarf Magazine and GamesWorkshop.com. Yep. So I, buy the White Dwarf and it will tell you. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> ever read a Matthew Riley book. He does these action books. He always has a very similar thing to this at the end where he just asks himself these questions yeah. and then answers them. I don't, know, I don't know where people get these ideas from that this is a good Again, idea. Matt. So then we've, got some, <laughs> we've got some other ones. Oh, there's a theme here. Yes. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, so this is... This is Reasonably, but one of the other questions I want to bring out is, of course, something like, uh, I've got a modular board, War Games board, a sculptor on terrain that doesn't work with the current terrain feature system. Can I still play? And he's got like two paragraphs saying, yes, it's optional. You're allowed, <laughs> you're allowed to use your existing board and just ignore the randomized terrain generation. You should always feel free to use the terrain system that works best for you. Just keep in mind that if you do so, then you may need to improvise some rules and modification to cover the terrain you are using and that terrain you use may have some effect on how well-balanced the army lists are against each other. Like, this is where you get these ideas that the game designers have included all terrain as part of their things. They yes. don't. It's it's a bit of a down-to-chance. He's making it sound like they're all perfectly balanced based on the rules. What he's doing is he's saying, if you have an all-cavalry army, you're not allowed to make an entire board of shallow water and claim it's fair. Yeah, and claim I told you you can do that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. When using a different terrain system, the best way to ensure a fair setup is for one player to set up the board and the other to choose which edge or corner he or she wishes to set up from, although you should feel free to invent your own method. 
don't worry too much about this. There is no right or wrong in terrain setup, and it's rare that terrain provides a major advantage for either side. <laughs> what? Oh, really? <laughs> what game are you playing, Mr. Ward? I don't know about there's no right or wrong. There may not be a perfect right, but there are definitely, there's definitely wrongs. wrongs yeah. Yeah. Yep. So this is yeah, this is just a poor section and a waste of pages. Yeah. Don't don't, don't I'm have a conversation. Finding it hilarious. Like this is definitely worth a read. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he had to fill out some pages. I said this book has to be this long, and already they they padded out as much as they could the book of scenarios and terrain, and just had to put some more words. There in There were some army lists in there as well that were all poorly done as, as yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. like the points were all off in that. Yeah, so was, we didn't look at those, book. but. And, they, and they're the, not the worth fact the question says it will be obsolete as soon as it's released. <laughs> it was obsolete as soon as it yeah. was released. It was yeah. So overall, this book, some of the scenarios are okay, but I wouldn't go out and get it if I was you. Yeah, I, I received it for Christmas in 2007. I spent a few months trying to write lists and that sort of thing and, and get an idea of the game a bit from it. And in the end, it probably sent me further backward. So I'd yeah. say it depends how much they're charging for it. Just There are some nice scenarios in there. Um, yeah, the scenarios are definitely worth but looking at. But everything else, no. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, guys, thank you very much. Welcome to this instalment of the Ent Moot, where we answer your questions, just like Matt Ward did in the, the Measleth. I hope <laughs> the questions are better than those. Does that mean so we do don't? I hope the to... answers are better too. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Does that mean we don't have to give meaningful answers? Or can <laughs> yeah. we just... Well, do we ever really? I think we've got to give some, some content, but also some humor, because that last segment, although fantastic as it was, was uh, it went for a long time, so let's speed it up. Let's go for some questions. Matt's, could Matt's got an people evil to play it at like you know one and a half speed or whatever. Just no, yeah, let, don't, let, don't. Let's get some quick fire going here. Okay, questions. So, um, Callie asks, how does basing affect line of sight? Specifically, talking about models that are on raised bases for the purposes of uh, aesthetics. Well, straight out, your model's higher. It's more likely to see things, but it's also more likely to be seen. So. We've had many, many debates over many years about how this affects the game. And what we've actually found is it really doesn't make a huge difference. So there is an advantage to being taller in that you can see things, but there's a disadvantage in that you get arrows in your face. Mm -hmm. So, or you get charged. So it turns out to be much of a much as I always recommend for consistency, just go by the actual model, ignore the base, ignore the basing, go from the, basically the bottom of the feet to the top of the head or arm if it's up in the air. With the possible exception of Alvin Cloaks, we play true line of sight. So sometimes you get those rangers of the north which are crawling around on the ground. They can't see you. You can't see them. Sometimes you get the ones that are standing taller. Go for it. Yeah. It's true so, line of sight. So we've, we've played many, many games. It's never really been that much of an issue if you just play the models as made. And people don't get too ridiculous. Like if they're going to base the models on a base that's as big as the model, they're probably using that for a display piece, not a gaming piece. Okay, on to the next lot of questions. Now, Dylan has asked us an absolute ton of questions here, and some of them are really good, so we're going to go through all of these here. The first question he asks is, what, which is the most useless hero? Jeremy. The most useless hero? This is such an unfair question. The most useless hero. The hero can, we, can we choose the heroes from Legions that never actually came out? He or? wants us to consider points cost, warband leading, actual combat, range, magic, morale, effectiveness, etc. Mm, okay, well, let's go. Let's look at good heroes first, David. Let's think of any that you just wouldn't bother taking. Mm. Is there anything that you wouldn't take in good? 
heroes. Ah, oh, good heroes. Um, I'm thinking like this is a tricky one because all heroes have their use uses. Some have more than others. So someone like Alrond, I found disappointing. I look at him and he's amazing, but actual usage, he disappoints me. But that's more my luck with rolling than actual Alrond with fault. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I'm. Go- I've got an example for good. I'm going to go for something that I thought used to be useful, but now has lost a lot of its utility, and that's the King of the Dead. I think the problem with the King of the Dead is that it used to form one roll and do one roll well, and that was a tank. So you'd put it up in front of the enemy's biggest hero, biggest monster, and it would sit there the whole game and tank it. Now with piercing strikes and all this other stuff going, it's not that hard to wound it. So you end up killing off this poor King of the Dead. So someone like an, an Azog will just walk through it, or a, a Bolg or something like that. They won't get tanked by it anymore. So I think for 100 points, the King of the Dead is probably my, I guess, the least effective one. I have a new answer. Farmer Maggot. Every time I write a Hobbit list, I include Farmer Maggot because I'm like, yes, I want those hounds. And then when I get to the end of the list and I need 50 points, he just gets dropped because I want those hounds, but I just don't want Maggot. You pay a premium for the hounds, but I actually find he's okay. He's not. He's, he's, he's probably, probably great, but he's never actually made the cut because yeah. it comes down to fifty points or whatever else. I agree. I drop him a lot on. as well. So yeah, that, that's a fair call. Matt, do you have one? Yeah, I'm going to take a different tack on this one and say Urkenbrand because it doesn't matter how many games you with him, you win with him, you will still be hated. So he's definitely useless if you want to make friends. Yeah, useless yeah. if you want to show that you've got any skill in the game. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So evil, David. Any ideas for evil? Something you wouldn't take. Something I wouldn't take for evil. Yeah. Balrog of Morgoth. Balrog. Yeah, I can see that. It's Like, it has its uses, but they are few, sort of thing. You have to design the whole army around it, and even then it's really dropped off the power curve in terms uh-huh. of being such an investment, and it, it doesn't have any might. And Like, it picked up the brutal strikes, but they're s- good. so many points. And But the, the strikes against it really hurt it, because it's got no might on it, so mm-hmm. that's a good one. I always think you something along the lines of a hero that, that's okay, but really doesn't do a whole lot well, and that's the Mouth of Sauron. He's he's okay at casting, he's okay at combat, but doesn't do anything well enough that you wouldn't just take a Wraith or a Numenorian captain. I, I had this conversation with Kylie one time. I was trying to explain to her exactly what I didn't like about it, and she's like, should I take a captain? Should I take a Ringwraith? Oh, but the Mouth of Sauron can do it all. And I just had to okay. say to her, no, it, it doesn't do any of the things that the Ringwraith does brilliantly or that the Captain yeah. does brilliantly. It's just stuck in the middle. I've found main use to Mouth of Sauron is because he's a bit of a Captain, bit of a Ringwraith. You can either pull it out as a surprise because they completely forgot that you had any magic because it's not the equal of the Ringwraith that you brought with it. Or it's just the threat. It's a case of, I could charge you or I could cast. What am I going to do? <laughs> so it's more, again, of... Like, sure, either of the others could be useful, but it fills the gap if you've already got one of each. I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that our lists are so open now that you can take all the models. So this one, I think, there's, there's just other options, and, and I think I think it's directly competing with the Numenor I really captain. like his horse. Like, the model? No, but the horse. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a massive fan of it. I think if you had, like, a lance option, you could probably do something with him, but, yeah, he, he just... Like, he's okay. He's not bad, mm-hmm. but he just sits in that. Unless it's a really low-point game, he's, he's not mediocre. really, yeah, he's he's not really coming out. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, it's going to be on, on the same sort of token as David with Elrond. It's the Wawag Chieftain. It's a giant slavering beast. I feel like it should do more than it actually does. Yeah, okay, change. The amount of times I have seen him do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Ah, yeah. He's just one of those models where, and it, it's a shame because the model's really cool as well. Like, I have all ones. these stats. Watch them do nothing. Yeah. 
The funny thing is, though, I would absolutely kill for a Falwark Chieftain. Like, if I could take him, add 10 points, and give him the Fal Sight rule. Oh, yeah. Amazing. That immediately would be worth it. I love something like yeah. this. Because suddenly he's an assassin that can come out of nowhere. But he he goes around corners into like lone hobbits, takes a sledgehammer to the face and goes down. Or he goes into lone elves and traps them with his other wags and he loses and gets wounded. He 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 can tank, but he, he I don't know. I he, think a lot of it is his one might is only useful for wags, so yeah. it's really restrictive. Yeah, he just can't do a lot of things, which is what you need to do. And he's just a little little bit overcosted. Yeah, he's he's good no, defensive. He just can't roll high enough. That's the problem. But defensive characters aren't as defensive anymore because our attacks are no. so much more powerful. Everything's so, more so powerful. So those those things that we paid to be like a hindrance tend to be killed really quickly now. Even then, I think he was only defense five, wasn't he? No, he's he's no. You're right. Three Nothing. wounds, but only defense five. Strength six, which was okay at the yeah, time, but now yeah. that's overrated. That's average now. Yeah. Okay, so the next question we have from Dylan is: Which is stronger to build a list around, Bolg or Treebeard? Bolg or Treebeard? I'm going to go for for Bolg because the the Bolg, I think, has got more speed with the Warg. He's got, with the, if you just put him on the smaller base, he's got more versatility in where he can go. And he's he probably ends up about the same points for it, but I feel he's got better support, obvious choices. If you're going to take Treebeard and you're going for a theme list, you probably end up taking Aemir and the Riders. And it's a strong choice, but I'm, I'm thinking Bolg is just really well-tuned and really a good model. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd say Bulg as well. But yeah, Bulg's got his orcs, whereas Treebeard, if, you, if you're going an end army, you don't have many models. That's right, yeah. So I think Jeremy pretty much summed it up there. But yeah, the Bulg upgrades are pretty good. If you get the 10 kills, which you never do, you can get the Harbinger of Evil. But it depends how you're playing the list. If you want something that's that's pretty solid and just hold up the center, Treebeard's pretty damn good as well. Okay, this is an interesting question. If you could alter... This is again from Dylan. If you could alter one stat, such as a model's fight wounds, etc., to make them more balanced... What would that be? And that's either a nerf or a buff. So making them better, making them worse. One stat of one model. Can we lower Urkenbrand's courage buff? Does that count as a stat? Uh, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Either that or we're going to bump the points on the Outrider. Your call. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, give the King of the Dead a couple of might points. Damn it! That's what I was going to do. Give him a couple of might points. You got one. Is it is it just change one stat or is it up by one? It says alter one stat. Alter one oh, stat. Okay, okay so you get alter one stat. Ooh, ooh, yuck. Um, I'm going to say, what do I think is overpowered? I think it for me a lot of it is is like the courage rules. I think are over the top big some, and that could be Urkin Brand or it could be other things. I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of horns. Just okay. get rid of horns completely. Just get rid of horns. So just, my, I'm just altering stats more. down. Yeah, I'm not a fan of horns. I think mm. I think when especially for the good side when you can start rocking courage seven heroes or courage six heroes consistently. Courage eight heroes. Yeah, I think cases. it takes that totally out of the game. So I'm gonna be cheat and just say the courage overall I think is it was good at the start, but it sort of it died a little bit when you can it's it's a stat that it's an exponential increase. Mm-hmm. So adding it by one is is huge. So it's not a fair across the board thing for turning a, a Courage 2 Orc to Courage 3 compared to turning a Courage 5 Warrior to Courage 6. Okay, so we've got a lot of questions to go. Let's start smashing through these. What brand of paints do you use? I use a combination of Games Workshop and Vallejo and Privateer Press P3, depending on which color I like. I choose it almost entirely on the color. Whatever the store that I pass through next stocks. So mainly GW Paints. I think I've got a few, some other brand. I'm not sure. I haven't actually stopped to read them. But yeah. 
Which, I've only used the Games Workshop whatever pants. Whatever they stock. Yeah, I've only used the Games Workshop pants. I've thought about Vallejo, but uh, maybe one day. Okay, so the next one is... With all the talk of characters with unreleased profiles and the last line's working on creating balanced profiles, what is one profile you would like to see created? Ooh, one profile. Helm like... Hammerhand. Uh... I would agree with that. Yes, I, I think that's what I want to see the most. Like we also want Calabrimbor on that lot. But... I mean, there's a lot of things, but I think Helm is right up there for me. Yeah, I could see that. I'm, I'm going to ignore the new Hobbit stuff because there's a chance that will still come out with the news we've had that the Games Workshop's continuing that onwards. Yes, thank you very much. I'm going to go back to what we talked about earlier in the episode. I want to see Elf Chariots. Yes. Yeah. More of okay. a model than a stat line. Yeah. I want yeah, a model. True, but yes, I think that would be fantastic. Okay. Now, this is the best question that we received, hands down. Who would win? Sauron with the ring or 90 fatty bulges? Okay, straight out. I, I love that it's 90. 90 fatty bulges. Yes, exactly, exactly 90. 90. Now, look, fatty bulges are going to have a tough time wounding Sauron, considering it's impossible. So Sauron's going to be wading through them, but he can only kill like four a turn, can't he? Uh, if he spins his mace around his head, and if they pile enough of them into combat with him. But why would they? Because so he's only they're fatty bulgers. They're only, going for it. He's only really killing two a turn. So he's slowly <laughs> wading through the fatty bulgers. Here's the point. Okay, I've, so let's go scenario. I've done some research. done the maths here. Yeah. So we're looking at to the death. Um, the fatties can't hurt him. They've got no banners. Fatty loses. So yep. one for Sauron. Fatties are going to eventually be broken. Domination. Um, unless game ends at a quarter, Fatty Bulger will hold three objectives, and the fourth will be in their favour. So, so that's so let's assume Sauron kills the leader Fatty Bulger. So, okay. so the real Fatty Bulger. So that's what three points. Three points to Sauron. Okay. Plus he gets the break. He's gonna get the. Oh, he's gonna. He's got the assassin. So he's up. Powers. So he's got six Black points. Dark. So he's got six points. And the fatties hold objective. three objectives for nine points. Plus they have the other one, though Sauron's still on it. Yeah, they so, could contest that last one. You're so right. Ten, six. So fatty wins domination. Win to do- win. So we're at one one win each. Yeah, wow. Hold ground. Pile into the middle. Um, fatties. When How big is the middle end? in this one? It's six inches, isn't six it? Six inch bubble. Oh, there's a lot of fatties you can fit in the center. However, a lot of fatties. the game ends on one or a two. Sauron has to keep the game going until he can wipe out Fatty Bulger. Yeah, so it's going to come down to Fatty Courage, isn't it? Because he's not killing them fast enough. Yeah, it's got. No. It's coming down to that one or a two for the game. I think. End. I think we have to call that one a draw. That no, I'm calling that a win. That's a win. Win to win to, win to win Fatty to Bulger. Unless Sauron can wipe them out. What is Fatty's courage? It's not high, but you've got you've got ninety. You've got of ninety them. of them. Yeah. So, so ninety. Of, you're going to be killing what forty six to break. So you're sitting with forty fatties near the objective. You, you're, you're losing probably about. Yeah, I'm, I'm hedging the bets Look, that even if you lose half of them every turn, you've got to go from 40 down to zero yeah. before they can roll a one or a two. It doesn't have to be zero. No, no. Oh, uh, no, yeah, because you can kill your leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you've got to get you down to six, but still. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm back in fatty. I'm gonna yeah, say, no, you're right. I'd go the fatty. So two, yep. two one to fatty. Two so one to fatty. Yep. Lords Ooh. of battle, fatty is stuffed. Just <laughs> Which would yeah, okay. kill points. Kill points, yeah. Sorry, fatty. To all, it's a draw. To all? Raconateur. How many of the fatties can Sauron stop? <laughs> he's not stopping enough <laughs> No, fatties. he's not stopping, no. You get 10 off and that's it. You get so, the fatties. <laughs> this is the best scenario so ever. So, 3-2 to Fatty Bulger. Ooh. I'm just seeing a whole bunch of fatties charging <laughs> over a hill at Sauron. <laughs> oh, get across the line, boys. Yeah, with their pointy hair and their hands. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Just- like, he's they're not the, really running, they're waddling. He's in they? the gunslinger pose with no guns. Yes, just that moment it. of, oh, uh, I forgot to bring my guns with me. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Four inches of turn, just winning slowly. 
Is that 3 2 to Fatty? Is that 3 2 to, to Fatty? Okay, the last one, high ground. Start in the middle, stand in the middle. Oh, no. Again, this is a one or a two, the game ends. Well, then we have to go the same result. Don't we, we have to go the same result. I don't four, think. 4 2 to Fatty. 4 2 to Fatty? Yeah. 66 per chance that 90 fatties would take down the Dark Lord himself. That's there right. You go. Yeah. So, so stuff putting the ring in Mordor, let's just bring out the fatties. Yes. Bury them with sheer weight of numbers. This is the best question we've ever gotten. All right. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one. Um, okay, this is this is kind of a complex one. What are your thoughts on restricting allies in a small, relatively non-competitive point, ta- 300 to 500 point tawny to prevent, to sorry, to promote theme and prevent cheese? So restricting allies. I'm a massive fan of restricting allies or at least having, I know we've got some sort of comp scores occasionally, which gives you points for mm-hmm. not taking allies. I like that. I, I I have a problem with some people in some groups basically allying a single model in just to do certain things. But un- unfortunately in the game, like that's theme as well. Sometimes uh, there was a wander in the wild that did that. So it's almost on a case-by-case basis. But when people are doing things like allying Brasco and Crossbowman into a, just a generic four-horse in order to get the advantage, I, I from a theme point of view, I have a bit of a problem with that. While I don't mind the restricted allies, what really annoys me is the taking allies neg your comp based on theme because, like, a hobbit, a pure hobbit army, I think, is more cheesy than if you throw a couple of Dunedain into it sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Or doing the, the Banderbrist Took and the Four Shire Hobbits is definitely not following any theme whatsoever, but you might not get hit by theme on that compared to the, the yeah. ranges in. So it's a case-by-case basis. So can you really then just leave it up to the TO? It's just got to be an arbitrary sort of... Di- well, not arbitrary, long- but... If T.O. knows what he's doing, he can pretty much do what he wants. He's the yeah. T.O. It's his tournament. Yeah, I, I would say, like, take allies. You've got to justify your theme, and it has to be a legitimate theme, I think. I think that's what the T.O.s around here, at least, tend to do these days. Anyway. Yeah, I, no, it's sort of slackened off. I think because our scene is usually pretty decent, people just don't worry about it because no one's really going out to try these, these horror combos that you hear about. Well, I believe we mentioned this on a previous podcast, but... Um, the game where I took Alfred and he took Alfred, um, pretty much the Alfreds just, I don't know. I think I marched around the place. Gilgalad had 10 might, but it didn't really affect all that much. Yeah, I could see Alfred being a concern for some people, so yeah. I, yeah. But he didn't really do that much in that game because Gilgalad had 10 might, but we we're having a shooting war. And he's like, I forgot my bow. So yeah. So I think in general, we, we do agree with it, but it's just very hard to implement. Yeah, it is hard to implement. And I don't think the result in the game is that much, really. Even if you do take these cheesy ally thing mm-hmm. you just end up looking like an idiot final question from dylan do you have any tips or hints for painting darker flesh so darker skin tone darker flesh darker flesh is really hard to do because you usually want the flesh to be the the highlight of the model so be very careful with the colors you place around it make sure that they they differentiate between the skin i would consider doing things like war paint on it just to give some brightness but if you're not going to do that, if you're going for the dark skin, actually highlight all the way up to a light color. So start with your dark color. Make sure most of it's your dark color, but do highlight the extremities all the way up as much as you can because you still want that face to be the focal point. My first thought was just apply an extra wash and it'll be darker. But yeah, if you're actually after the dark skin, you have to bring it out in extreme highlighting. As Jeremy said, that'll do it. Yeah. Okay, so we have a couple of questions here from Harrison. What is your favorite model from the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit SPG range? Now, I think we've probably covered this one previously. We have, but yeah. I, as I said, every time we do it, it's something different. So it's usually true, true. It's usually what we're painting at the moment. So my favorite model at the moment is the Humble Metal Orc Warrior. 
Um, I know it's like it's not actually the best executed model, but for me, it's got such a classic look, and it, it was the Lord of the, Lord of the Rings for me. When I first saw this model, it was so different to anything I'd seen. I was so used to the exaggerated heroic poses that were in all the Games Workshop models at the time, like ridiculous fists the size of your head. Suddenly, these orc models just looked like they could have been people or just hunchback guys, and it blew me away. I was like, wow, that's the aesthetic they're going for Lord of the Rings, and because it. I didn't assume that. I assumed it'd be very cartoony. And those models, just the classic look of them, I think some of them are really fantastic. Now, I've been converting a lot of them, and I'm, I'm really happy with them. So they are my favorite model at the moment. I really love them. There's always the old Soladin on horse with his sword out and his cape billowing in the wind. There's the old Hisharan with his sneaking around with his daggers. But after talking about 90 fatty bulgars wandering around with their hands out <laughs> and their hair slicked back and up, it, it's got to be fatty. Uh, for me, <laughs> yeah, it's just perfect. For me right at the moment, it's actually the uh, Mahud War Chief on the Mumak, the uh, the metal one that came out quite a while before Fantastic the old model. Mahud ones. Yeah, it just it looks it's perfect from the movie straight to the model. So yeah, that's one that I really have been looking at lately and quite like the look of. Mm. And I think look, I will say that I do think the Hobbit range overall, I prefer it to the Lord of the Rings range. I think the Hobbit stuff has got much better detail and probably better executed models than the old old metal orcs there. They've got a lot of flat areas, but it's more of a nostalgia thing as much as anything. And now that I'm repainting them, I'm getting some really cool detail out of them. Absolutely. Next question. If you were in Middle Earth, what captain would you want to fight under? I'd just say Aragorn. He seems to know what's going on. I think he'd be a bit arrogant. Um, really? Yeah, I'm not so I don't sure. Know. I... He was very doubtful. I watched The Fellowship last uh... night, actually. And uh, he wasn't he wasn't too yeah, didn't have much hubris. He was very worried he'd make the same mistakes as his forebears. So mm, yeah, fair enough. No, you, you've you've argued yeah. that well, Captain Middle Earth. I think I think I'd go for someone like a Gimli or another another dwarf equivalent because I think you know exactly where you stand. You stand and you run at the enemy and you smack him with your axe. And and we're not so worried about formations or having stupid guys with spears poking me in the bum or anything like that. It's just go in and just go nuts with the axe. And I, I like that sort of straightforwardness. And you know the beer's going to flow afterwards. You too, know you're going to have some serious yeah. celebrations. I think we've got a fairly abstract perspective. So to get to get into it, you've got to go to the men. Who would the men follow? And it was all about Faramir. No one had a yeah. bad word for Faramir. He was the one that, the, that Gondor would follow. So others, they had doubts, they had whatever. People followed Faramir. Even when Faramir. Nazgul were attacking, people followed Faramir. I like that. Yeah, good choice. Okay, next question. Roughly how many models do you have? Only Lord of the Rings and Hobbit SPG. Okay. So roughly? Just that collection, yeah. Uh, a couple thousand? Yeah. Lots. Lots? Can I say bucket loads? Or? Yeah. David, you've got most of the Lord of the Rings because you, you basically got your collection, which was huge, and then also managed to purchase most of the collection off one of our uh, gamers who got out of the range, didn't they? Yeah, I have like an entire tray of um, ring rates sort of thing. Uh, like the old, just wandering around in billowing cloaks. I've got almost as many hobbits as you're allowed. It's. I've got no idea. I've got trays which ca carry about 100 models each of infantry, and I've got, I think it's about oh, probably 20 plus on the wall filled with models, and then I've got buckets of models that I haven't painted. So I'm looking at probably over 2,000 at least. I have, to, I have to bring this up. The other day I was, um, I was passing through a garage sale, and I saw the Lord of the Rings blue in the distance, and I saw a sign above that said $10. And I'm like, I must investigate this. I got closer. It's the Return of the King's uh, rule book and a Balrog wing poking out from underneath it. 
I pull it off. There's a Balrog. There's a Mordor troll. There's a whole bunch of random plat. And I'm like, 10 bucks. I call the lady over and I'm like, is this all 10 bucks? And she's like, uh, I think there's some more underneath the paper, but they're all unpainted. Is that okay that there's more? <laughs> and I said, that is certainly okay that there's more. <laughs> so I've got this box of random just mashed up plastic guys with a Balrog on top of them. Nice. Brilliant. And I needed Balrog wings for my Gwalivir, so it's oh, perfect. Worked out very nicely. Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? Uh, I think for myself, I know when I, I, I've talked about it before, I bought a huge collection of them at one point, just all in one go, and, and that rounded out to about a 1,000, I think. And I haven't added a whole heap since then. Probably another couple hundred. So I reckon about 1,200 would be about right. Yeah, I've probably got way more. One day I'm going to count them, but I'm also going to faint because there's just so many of them. Maybe when I get them all painted, I'll count them. Not mm. with 10,000 men could you count them. No. It is folly. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's, I've got a whole room of them for anyone who wants to know. Literally a study full of them. It is a massive collection. The next question is actually, what armies do you collect? And I think Jeremy's got an easy answer for that one. All of them. I have every model except for the Radagast on Eagle currently, which uh, I've instead got my own conversion of that. Uh, Most of them. Like, I don't have a Fiefdom's Army, but I I think we've got some Goblin Town out of the starter box. That's about it. I don't know. (laughs) Most of them. (laughs) It's much easier for me to say what armies I've painted, because I've got little bits and pieces of everything, but... Okay. I, I've painted Goblin Town, Rohan, Dwarves, Gondor. I'm just about to start Harrod. I I think that's about it, yeah. But uh, yeah, got a bit of everything as well. So Yeah, it's interesting. Which ones haven't I painted? I haven't completed my fiefdoms. I've got, got some of them. I've got all the infantry done, but not the knights done. So I've got to do those. Uh, I've got some of the new Merc- uh, Merkwood stuff I haven't done. So the, the latest Merkwood. Haven't got all the latest heroes, the Thorin's Company, all done up. So there's a little bit of a holes in my range there in terms of painted. But I've got most things painted as well. And I should say my collection is mainly Lord of the Rings. I have, don't have too much of the Hobbit. Mm. I've got like a few knights, a few other things. but Mainly Lord of the Rings. Yeah. All right, on to the next question from Christian. Can low model count hero armies, for instance, the Fellowship, Thorin's Company, the Nine Riders, be viable in a tournament format? I'm just going to say straight away, absolutely. I've seen them win tournaments. I've seen the new Thorin's company actually do quite well. And in particular, the nine ring wraiths actually on horse. Not even on Felby's, just on horse. At a thousand points, been amazing. that was lethal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was incredible. So Kylie took that and went undefeated in the tournament. I think she came second, but it was super yeah, it was close. five wins in a draw, if I remember correctly. But she correctly. could have easily pulled off the win yeah. there. So, yeah. so they are scary. I've... Uh, I think Patrick Murphy's recently taken some all hero armies with some some elves and things in them, and they've been really scary to play against. A lot of the scenarios, it's it's really hard to get points off them. You just they stay there forever. They just kill troop after troop and then don't break. So they are very scary. I think my best example for how viable a all hero army can be it was the fourth round of a tournament. Carly and I were both on three wins each. Uh, scenarios were randomly generated at the start of each game. I had Horde Gondor. She had the three hunters. Um, the options were either Domination or Lords of Battle. They drew Domination. But if they're drawn Lords of Battle... Yeah, that's right. So they have some, some big weaknesses, but I think a hero list... Because, because you don't have the ability to absolutely spam troops ridiculously anymore, I think the hero Except list... Except for Gondor. Are, yeah, but even then, you still got to go for the Warband rule. So I think they're, they're, they're hard to play. They're very fragile, but the hero lists are powerful. Marty asks, what's your opinion on Celeborn with all of his wargie? He almost never seems to be used. I think I think he's very similar in some respects to the Mouth of Sauron. He's sort of that middling hero. Like, I know he's got the bigger profile, but again, he doesn't do things quite as well as some other heroes do. 
I think we've lowered the need for the transfix. Back in the day when you, you couldn't really just fight in any other way, that was so important. He was really good for taking on trolls and things like that. But now you can just strike up. So would I rather have some more might or would I rather have a spell that can be resisted? I would almost rather go the might. Mm-hmm. It's more useful things. So I think if he was on a horse, you'd see him a lot. But the fact that he's on foot and the transfix has been not as useful anymore, mm-hmm. I think that sort of puts him in the back for, for taking. Still a good hero, still very useful, but there's mm-hmm. there's good options in elves. Yeah. It's a case of he's really nice, but there's whatever you're actually looking for, there's always someone who's just slightly better. Because Galadrian captains can take horses, can't they? Because I would almost yeah, take, I'll take them over. Yeah, and they move 12 it. inches through a forest. Yeah, I'll think. take them over him yeah. almost every time. So Henry asks, uh, best armies for starting out and why? I think just Isengard is just a really solid list to start out with. It's just really simple. It's got a bit of everything. Fight four, high defense. Yep. Strength four. It's very uh, forgiving as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go different tack totally. I'm going to go for the current Hobbit range because that's the one you get in stores. I'm going to go for Hunter Orcs. I think it's yes. solid. Yes. I Throw think them straight at the enemy. Heaps of options, heaps of plastics. Throw them at the enemy. Great models. I, I think we're over the Isengard now. Let's go for some Hobbit range. And for good, I'll take the dwarves. The, uh, the hobbit oh, dwarves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The more forgiving ones. Even than Isengard. Yeah. No, but they don't even have Even higher defense. Still strength yeah, four, yeah. still five four. <laughs> well, depends which. No, not strength four. Not strength four. Sorry. Whenever I think dwarves, I think Khazad Guard. Yeah. But you've also got Grim good. Hammers, so it all evens out. Grim Hammers are good. Yeah. Patrick asks, why do you single out Matt? It's because I'm the best, Patrick. That's why. <laughs> what do we see? I don't think we've ever picked on Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I believe if you go through well. every episode, I think you'll find that we have never once singled out or picked on Matt. I don't think that's fair to say. And if we did, it would just be because he's an easy target. But we don't. Uh, everyone wants to cut down those above them, don't they? <laughs> All right. Daniel asks, I'm looking to pin well, my gold. Below. You're making height jokes? <laughs> oh, no. Come on. <laughs> I thought we were above this. Oh, oh there it is again. We certainly are. <laughs> Daniel asks, I'm looking to pin my Golden King model. How would you recommend I assemble him to best stay together? Should I pin the poles to the warrior's hands? Yeah, this is a really tough model to put together. I, th- You could pin the poles to the hands. I think you might be better off having a bridge on the bases to join to get the extra strength at the bottom because most of the issue of it coming apart is the bases having too much movement there. So if you're going to insist on using the two circle bases, which I don't recommend, personally if you do that i would have a bridge or a path or a tree trunk or something that's fallen over between them to give you that strength at the bottom you could pin the top i think it'd be very difficult in such a small surface area so i think you're almost better off making some more strength at the bottom to reduce movement put a sta- last stone slab across the bases and you're good yeah just something because i think those two separate bases are the issue but yeah the bike base is probably the better way to I, go. i would go for no i'd go for now you can get these over ones okay and there's in for warhammer Warhammer Fantasy or Age of Sigma, whatever it's called now. Yep. You can get small round bases, which I think would be perfect for him. Like the bulk base, but smaller. Okay, cool. So he also asks, uh, do you think an all-mounted Harrod force without wraiths could be effective? Without wraiths? Without wraiths, yes. Yes. Yeah, I could do it. I think yeah. I think with wraiths is better, but I think without wraiths, you've got you've got enough bows to be got able to bows, play the skirmish It's list. got the lances, you've so got the lances to hit. You've got access to fight four and fight three, so... Yeah. You, and you've got cheap recovery, like 11 if, points a model. And if you've dropped the wraith, you've taken an extra chieftain. So he yeah. can yeah. counter whatever the wraith is trying to counter. You can have a lot of might in there, probably. Yeah, I would consider, like, I wouldn't run less than three heroes. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do this, you're going to be looking at solid and two captains. Yeah. I wouldn't really bother the kings. I think you need the extra might over anything. Okay. So I would start... It's not a huge loss. You're only maybe losing one or two models, I think. 
Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Well, you could do the king. It, it, up to you. But I, I would start with three heroes and then build up from there. And I don't mind Inherit actually bulking out the warbands. I know for some cavalry lists you don't. You just take six models or seven models. I think because you've got access to 50% bows, like spamming the models means that you, you, your fight value is not great across the army list. So you're not relying on your fight to win. Make sure you've got some banners in there. But don't be afraid to just fight many, many combats when it comes down to combats. Because half when you win, raiders, them, you'll kill. Half serpent raiders. Yeah, and have the might to get the charge next turn or the runaway. So I, I like them. I think they're, they're a really solid list. And I haven't haven't used them as much as I would like. I've used them at small points. But I'm, I'm definitely going to do a big army in 800-ish, one of them. Josh asks, what do you hope for out of Games Workshop now the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit stuff will be worked on in their revamped specialist games department? What I hope for is that people shut up about the end of the game. <laughs> like, I've been hearing this literally since 2004 when, when the, the first lot of movies stopped. People have been predicting the demise of this game over and over and over again. And look, well done for the people to continue buying the stuff and showing that there is a market for it. So that, that's the number one thing. I'm... I'm so sick of inside knowledge of people saying there's no more models and people saying this and and everyone just believing them when there's no accountability for it there's no no truth to that but in terms of new models firstly finish off the third movie there's heaps of stuff there i'm not going to say it all because of the the people who haven't seen the extended edition i don't want to spoil it for eight people so much good stuff there and i would love to see a going back to lord of the rings i don't think that's going to happen i think we'll get a hobbit new stuff but i would love to see dunland expanded I don't know. I'm just looking forward to new. Just I, I would take basically anything. <laughs> yes, whatever yeah. whatever they'll give us. If they I'll go back it. to Legions and do some of that stuff, I'd be stoked. Oh, no, no. Okay, I've got a solid, solid answer. I want I want rules to be available for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want because at the moment now you have to get on the black market, and I think I think that's not fair. I think make them digital if you have to. Make yeah. them whatever. Yeah, that's a great point. Stop making you say to new players. Oh, how do you get the rules? We can't get you into the game. Well, Well, you've got to play one of the new armies because the old armies. Yeah, Yeah. I think think having the rules available is is really important for the game, and I can't Mm. believe it's gone this long without being addressed. But in terms of new models, I want the third movie fleshed out because there's so much good stuff in that movie. Andrew asks, somewhat opinion-based, but what do you consider to be the most challenging army to play optimally? David, you go first. Ah. Since I paint so slowly, any army that I currently play, I've played for a long time, so I, I wouldn't say they're challenging. Um, in that case, I'd say Thorin's Company. It's the only army I've played recently that I haven't played enough to figure out what it does. And I can't tell the dwarves apart. I can't remember which one's which. Oh, <laughs> that makes going to be a problem, yeah. Yeah, the all-hero armies can be tough. The one that I've had the most trouble with in terms of just getting my wins to being about where they normally are is the very Dunland-heavy lists. I find that they're they're really tricky to play. You're so reliant on perhaps like Thryden and some of the chieftains and maybe Saruman and then your handful of Orokai scouts and things that you have them. Having that defense three spam is is tough to play because if it goes wrong, it goes really wrong. Yeah, look, those are actually the two places my head went first just then. I was thinking anything with a lot of stats, a lot of might and will to muck around with, so all heroes. And also Dunland, which I know is an army that has been very difficult for even some of the best players to get success with. It's the lack of spears as much as anything. Yeah. Like, if you take it pure, having a horde of guys with lack of spears and low fight. No spears, no firing weapons. Such a small thing to affect a list so massively. But they're all playable. Like, like they're not bad lists or anything like that. Yeah, I just find them challenging. 
Okay, next question. Um, uh, this is also from Andrew. Imagine you can only play one army in the game from now on for an arbitrary reason of your own choosing. What is that army and why? Can we say what the arbitrary reason is first? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Okay, my arbitrary reason is that the houses are about to burn down, of course, because this is, this is always the, the stereotypical one. The house is about to burn down. I've got my son out. I've got my family out. I run in. I can only, like, grab one drawer. I look at my, my shelf and go, no, I've only got one drawer. I grab the Hunter Orc drawer. Oh, wow. I grab the Hunter Orc drawer. Well, you can't leave Bulg behind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, my reason is, we, I assume I'm getting my whole collection from it. It's got It's got a lot of options in there, but it... I really enjoy the lots of attack, real fragile armies. I think from a from a tournament game, that they're, they're my favourite ones where I'm always on the edge. One thing that goes wrong and I can lose my whole army. I'm not a massive fan of the grindy armies in the tournaments. My second choice would probably be an all cav army, but I think for what it's got, all the options, I'm going for the the what is it called? Azox Hunters list. I think that's got enough to to make me happy for a little while while I mourn the loss of the rest of my models. Okay. Against the standard fire, I think I'd put in the effort to get more of my models out. Oh, so quiet. we'll we'll assume <laughs> What's some your sort of James this is Bond villain super weapon this pointing is a at the house with the, or with the giant like mega <laughs> space mirror about to power mega up space and mirror. There's the, yep. there's the digital timer on the wall counting down. Um, my horror at the moment is spread across too many drawers. I couldn't get them out in time. Uh, <laughs> Gondor, while well, a whole lot of fun, I don't think I'd want to keep playing them for that. It's Fatty Bulger, isn't it? It's your hobbits. Ah, the hobbits, like, they're my most recently painted up, so they got the nicer paint jobs. They're the harder models to get your hands on again. <sighs> yeah, the hobbits, they're all in one drawer. That drawer's coming with me. The hobbits, yeah. The enough. digital countdown hits zero, dive through the window. And, yeah. and the advantage is if you sneak a few ruffians in that, we can play Battle of Bywater for the yes. rest of the time. So Brilliant. if there's <laughs> one scenario I could have to play for the rest of my life, that would be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, well, my arbitrary reason is that I've said something stupid one too many times and Kylie's just given me a whack over the back of the head and there's a brain injury there. So I've forgotten how the rules for most of the, the armies work, but I do remember how Rohan works and I grab all my Rohan models and I put them together and I take them along and I win every tournament from now until the end of time. It's playing Urken Brand in every single game. Every single Urken Brand you army you could imagine. brain injury. <laughs> the perfect excuse <laughs> brilliant so our next question and i think we're we've only got a couple left we're down to okay andrew asks is there a rule or rules that people constantly forget or don't know exists now i can think of one that uh people forgot so often that it was just completely got rid of and that was the old courage rules where if there was a model that was isolated it would actually just run away from uh, other models, or it would run towards yeah, be on their own tests. And it, yeah, it, it got to the point where just people just weren't using it, so they got rid of it. Current rules that people forget would obviously be anything that happens before priority. So your Palantirs, your um, Denethors, Insanities. Yes, Denethors is a good one. Yeah. Anything that because like I quite often I roll for priority and go, okay, I'm going first. What do we need to do in the priority step? And then we go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah we've nah. missed that one. Yeah, because priority is it's almost part of the end phase of the turn before because you go. Because that's how you know the turn's ended. You've rolled for priority. Yep. No, yeah, there's that one. I, I think the, the heroic that allows you to draw in the wave tests is one that people just like get from, disappear from the mind because how often do you use that one? Not, no. I, I hear it mentioned quite often because you always ask your opponent, do you want to call it's a heroic like a ignore question, the in the waves? Yeah. Yeah. And the answer is no. <laughs> it, yeah, but for me, I think it's going to be, this is one that, that should not be forgotten at all. 
but it's it's the courage test rule when you're broken what you get is people not doing it properly where your your hero takes their courage test they move then another yeah. model takes it and you check two conditions you one you check if there have been the standfast range six or 12 whatever it and that the hero's already taken the courage test and then you need line of sight, don't you? You have to yeah. be able to see the. You hero. have to be able to see them. I find people do that one wrong all the time, yeah. where they they, they basically measure, say, then they move. Rather, yeah. than I'll often have people just do the courage for everyone before moving anything. Yes. So, and it makes a difference because you might block a model. Yeah. That that happens very rarely, but it's important that you move the hero first because oftentimes the hero then moves out of range of a bunch of guys or into range of other ones. Yes. So yeah. So you have to often be concerned with your heroes there. So I think that's one that people often forget and. I've explained it at tournaments actually recently a lot lately, and people can this blank look and go, "Really? Is that how it works?" Yeah, yeah that that's how it's worked for, since the start of the game. So that that's the one that I think people forget. In my experience, it used to be the fifty percent courage rule. Actually, I had so many debates about what fifty percent was, and you'd get them to half. They'd have fifty models in their army. You kill twenty five, and you say that's fifty percent. They go, "No, it's not." And I I couldn't get this. Like the courage rule are now way more complex, and people understand it straight away. No one oh, doesn't get it. That's because it's yeah. complex enough that people, you know, sit down and they work it out. Interesting bit of trivia: in a one model army, how many models do you have to kill to break them? All of them. Like, actually, one, you can't two. break it. Two. Two. <laughs> you have to kill two. Yep. So you win by wipeout before you break them. So when I take Smaug in a seven hundred point list, I you need to kill two Smaugs in order to break me. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't understand. Half, round up, add one. Yep. Yep, yep. Exactly. So essentially, you can never be broken. You can never give up those Even models. if you lose all your models, you yeah. can't be broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's dumb. That is lame. All right, we have one question left. There were a couple of late ones, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip those. We've got Obadiah. Thoughts on an all-Dunadine army? And he later corrected that to an all-Dunadine army led by Aragorn. Assuming they're on horses, or can they know. get no, horses? Let's talk about know. the different ways. Um, if you're just all on foot, it becomes very sort of one-trick pony. Actually, Dunedine can't get horses. Okay. Oh, Dunedine, yep. yep. So if it's just all the Dunedine models, y- you're really tough at it. You've got to hope that you've got the terrain right. You've got to hope that you're able to kill the heroes with shooting. shooting. Yeah, and then, then you can mitigate and do small amounts of combat to win it, because they're not even that fantastic in combat. No. So they tend to get have a hard time. Um, I think if you if you'd managed to take the Rangers of the North with them, which I don't think's in the list, but if you took the troops in there, they're fine. Like they're they're a pretty strong list. But the all heroes, Rangers of Arnold. Or? Yeah, the Rangers of Arnold. Yeah, they're, they're the one in the troop list. The the just the all hero one is is really difficult to play, and you you priority target using mm-hmm. your might and your shooting to kill to kill their leader. You've got to kill the leader straight away. You've got to kill heroes, and then hope you can break even in combats. From memory, Kylie experimented with that kind of list quite a bit a few years back. And she got probably the worst result in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually beat her. So at the time, that was pretty significant. Yeah. So So. so this could be a challenging list to play. This could be on our list of challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Another all-hero army. Yeah. 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 An all-hero army without without extra hitting power is the tricky Mm -hmm. one about the horses. The the mounted versions I've seen work at low points costs, but all on foot, that's hard. Yeah. The mounted ones are nice because you've got some hitting power, you've also got maneuverability. The foot ones, you lose that big time. Okay, so that's the end of it. Well, that was a fantastic end mood. That was really good. Thanks, guys. Should do this again sometime. Absolutely. We should do this again sometime. So we're going to close up this episode now and say, always remember, traps win your games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, 
or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.